Hey, this is Matt, and you're listening to That Time We Woke Up in a Podcast and Had to Explain Manga, our heated adventures overanalyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the Over Manga Cast. And we got a good show for you tonight. You're going to want to set your iPod to shuffle and set TiVo to record the latest episode of Survivor Wananatu because we are going back to 2004 and reading Scott Pilgrim. Volumes 1 and 2, so have fun with all that cheesy Y2K relationship drama. (laughs) Uh, Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Overmonka cast. My name is Sam, and uh, we're taking a quick break here in uh, No Read November because calendars and math are hard, so question everybody uh what's your familiarity with scott pilgrim versus the world uh personally i had seen the movie i'm doing the math on how many years ago and i'm feeling very old so i'm not gonna say but i've seen the movie once a long time ago and that's about it uh matt how about you um so i i've seen the movie but i had also read the comic which is actually just scott pilgrim scott pilgrim versus the world is the movie's title I'm not going to disparage you, Sam. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, first I, time for everything. <laughs> right. uh, but no, I I read all of Scott Pilgrim. It hit the exact demographic I was at the time. And yeah, so I am very familiar with the series. All right. Jay, how about you? Um, So I, too, have seen the movie uh, multiple times. Uh, it was... Every now and then in undergrad and college, we would watch this many a time. In fact, I participated in a drinking game around this very film. Um, have not read the manga before, so this is the first first take on that. Over. All right. And Jacob. I'm keenly aware of Scott Pilgrim. I have always meant to check out the movie uh, for the longest time, but never got around to it. Uh, I think I briefly bumped sideways into like a YouTube video talking about the differences between the comic and the movie. It's the most Jacob response ever. I watched a YouTube video comparing the differences between two pieces of media I've never consumed. <laughs> yeah. Like, why? I was really bored that day, okay? I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've been there too, Jake. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I have not. I'm terrified for both of you. That's fair. That's a reasonable response. Uh, so anyway, we open up our story with just get d- diving right into it with uh, the declaration that our protagonist, Scott Pilgrim, is dating a high schooler. You know, like my immediate uh, uh, take on this, like both of the way that his friends are discussing it with him and like the way that Scott is phrasing things. Boy, he managed to make it seem a lot worse than it actually is. He comes off as absolutely freaking awful. And then you find out what the situation is and it's basically nothing. It's it's still not great, but it's not like it's sad is really what it comes down to. He he's not a creep. He's just through what his conversation is. He's dating a high schooler because it's easy and she looks up to him. Mm -hmm. And it's just like his friends are just like, that's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the discussion of how uh, they ended up meeting uh, is two pages of he happened to be on the same bus as her and helped her pick up her books when she dropped them and like 
that's it. That's all it took. It was love at first sight because he was so cool. And her name was Knives, which is <laughs> an amazing name. <laughs> Knives Chow, 17 years old. She's 17. <laughs> She's Chinese. She goes to a Catholic school. Wait, with yeah. the uniform? Yeah, with the uniform. Yeah. You're human trash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is he wrong? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they beat Scott into the ground of this, and I think there's a five-year age difference between them two. It's Yeah, uh, and of course, it plays into the stereotype. She's really, like, amazed and intrigued because he's older. I don't get... I can't even say it's a full one for one because Scott doesn't even seem to really reflect, obviously, on her age. He just views her life as very exciting or something. Quaint is the better way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's dealing with drama that's not actually real. And as we find out, Scott's actually gone through a bunch of shit that's really like messed him up. So the fact mm-hmm. that she's like, this is my entire world and it's so simple to understand is him just going like, that's cool. That That is refreshingly easy for him to, to, to process. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it really opens the door on sort of how his friends and confidants kind of nag him they're like ew you're like this super huge perv but they also don't see i guess what this actual relationship is for for scott yeah the the important thing is the sum total of their relationship currently is uh they hang out and even scott's like we're technically dating i guess but it's not really a relationship i think she hugged me once how do you not know for sure Scott's not very observant. <laughs> no, he really isn't. Nah. That is that is kind of the nice thing is that he does actually seem genuinely engaged with the with the uh, school shenanigans again because it's simple and easy. But like there there is actually a level of him paying attention to that much is a little bit of an escapism innocence of the time what we all wish we would go back to when we were more innocent and naive and it was just like the simple things. Well, what we perceive to be the simple things now, they were super, yeah. super important then. It's mm-hmm. like, can we just go back to that? Or I was just like, you know, really engaged with like my, my best friends, like little quarrels and stuff. When I wasn't living in a one room <laughs> hole in the ground apartment. <laughs> Sharing a one room hole in the ground apartment. Being allowed to live there, really, (laughs) because when Scott comes home uh, to his roommate, Wallace, uh, who the or the comic will tell us several times is very cool and super gay. He is both of those things. I really appreciate Wallace. I appreciate him more now than than I ever did watching the movie. And I love him. (laughs) I already I already really liked him from the movie. Yeah, there's a there's a part of me it having just read the uh, section of the comic that we read. There's a part of me wondering, what was the only remotely good person in this story? In a way, in a way, not entirely. Um, yeah. if, you, if you continue reading, you will you will understand why. Even but. in what we read, Wallace is kind of a piece of shit. He's just like a self-righteous piece of shit. Well, he's the he's the least, I guess. 
Yeah, it's not a huge bar to clear. <laughs> yeah, I, that that probably has a lot to do with it. But we have the, the diagram of their apartment with the ownership labeled out. And the only things that belong to Scott are a lame poster and the clothes on his back. Really? I love the fact that it, it notes that Waz is his roommate. When really it looks like, uh, Scott, you, you just kind of crashed there and just have never left. Oh, that's 100% what happened. <laughs> How long do you crash on a dude's couch before you just live there? They don't have a couch. They only <laughs> have a futon on the floor. <laughs> they have a futon that they share. <laughs> and the fact that they sleep together is an ongoing bit. I, I, I like Wallace. He's fun. Oh. He's extremely catty. <laughs> Wallace is also the person who really negs him about, oh, so you're dating a high schooler? That's weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... To be fair, why Wallace is also a piece of shit. Later on, he does get encouraged to come check out the Catholic school by saying, you know, they have boys at that school, too. And he says, like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I yeah, forgot about like, that. He, I love they dialed up the catty bitchiness of Wallace and also just skeeviness. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is very much that is very much the case of uh, yeah. Now that I remember that, it is that he's just it. Uh, it's just a low bar to clear for him to be the least awful. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that high horse ain't too high, is it, Mr. Wells? <laughs> I I will not take you just running young Neil through the dirt like this, Jacob. <laughs> 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 it's, good. it's good that we get introduced to young Neil coming up next, because um, the the one thing other than his relationship with Knives that Scott kind of has going on in his life at the moment is he's in a band. Uh, he is the bassist for Sex Bob-omb! And uh, because Scott's trying to impress a high school girl, he's like, yeah, you should come check out my band's practice. We're not that good, but, you know. And then Scott being the piece of shit he is when he's in front of Steven's door, who they host band practice there, goes, hey, uh, Knives, I'm going to need you to be good here. Am I not normally good? I'm, I'm just going to need you to be good. I'm, t- I'm just saying be good. I'm, I'm really confused. Am I normally not? <laughs> he, keeps, just like, he keeps telling me to be good. I don't understand. <laughs> oh. And then Steven answers the door and says like, hey, you guys are being really weird. He's like, yeah, he told me to be good. I have no idea why he'd tell you to do that. Maybe it was a joke. I, I really that's a super weird thing to say. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. If you haven't caught on, Scott Pilgrim is very socially awkward. Indeed. I, socially also, awkward, I don't know if I'd say. I, I think what's going on in that scene is he's just like, hey, don't embarrass me in front of my friends because this relationship is literally just supposed to be easy for me. And the second it causes any complications, I'm going to not like it. So instead of saying be cool, he says be good. Because I would have a different connotation if you said, oh, be cool. Or instead of be good, you know, it just. Yeah, it's weird. It, that's the entire point like it's mm-hmm. yeah he could he, he could have uh phrased it in a way that didn't uh make it worse but it's scott so he basically set himself up to look worse than he is which already isn't very good his, his <laughs> foot basically exists entirely within his own mouth wholeheartedly, <laughs> yeah, yes in terms of like level of quality scott is like a three out of 10 and he manages to every time he opens his mouth, make himself look like a negative five <laughs> is, is really what it comes down to. Yeah. And then this is when we get introduced to their band, which is, uh, as we mentioned, um, Steven, who's last uh, Steven Stills, who they call by his full name the entire time. Yeah. You got to say his name right, Matt. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Kim, Kim Pines on the drums. And I forget if they mention it here, but Knives really thinks Kim is cool. And there's a whole through line where uh, Knives basically is enamored by Scott's lifestyle and is emulating him. And there's probably a lit to go in with um, when we're introduced to Knives. She's on the bus with her mom and her mom's saying, you're 17. You really should be into boys right now. I've got a long list of Chinese boys I could hook you up with. So the entire thing is Scott and Knives relationship is them both using each other for escapism. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of funny because. <sighs> The way a story like this would normally go is that uh, Knives would be like paradoxically the mature one. But no, no, it's way more realistic than that. <laughs> no, basically <laughs> no one in this series is in a healthy relationship. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. I won't say that people are in healthy relationships. They just they're just not in the series because they have healthy relationships. And that's less interesting. <laughs> they're they're not in like perfect relationships, I guess is what I meant to say. Yeah. They're they're all they're all realistic people with realistic baggage doing incredibly unrealistic things. But we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to when the uh, the insanity cranks up very my, rapidly. My favorite joke so far is when the band's doing band practice and they're playing a song. There's the little author's note that just says, hey, kids at home, do you want to play this? It's only three chords because they kind of suck. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> 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 it's extremely easy but to knives uh it is the coolest thing that she's ever seen in her entire life also young neil is there because young neil is steven still's roommate and mm -hmm. also band groupie <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah it's weird well he's their biggest fan well he was <laughs> he was until <laughs> <that showed> up. <laughs> yeah knives Knives very much plays the part of girlfriend who goes to band practice because, jeez, band practice is not when you start applauding. Uh-huh. But hey, she's having, she's having a great time. She thinks they rock. <laughs> it is the first time she's, like, heard good music, which is saying something because they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> Many of the bars are set low in this story. I was, like Wallace, um... They're only a good band in comparison to all the incredibly shitty <laughs> bands. But just the quality standard here in Toronto seems to be very low. It's basically discount uh, New York. <laughs> <laughs> they have so many Putin stalls. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, after uh, the band practice and Knives heading home, uh, I say that the relationship with Knives and the band is the only like two things happening in Scott's life. And that's not an exaggeration. He. The rest of his time is spent either sleeping or uh, playing video games. Uh, this is highlighted when the next morning Scott is awoken by the phone ringing as his uh, little sister is calling him at 1230. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean you were still asleep? Also, what's this I hear about you dating a 16 year old? 17. I really do need to specify. <laughs> How did you even know this was happening? Wallace told me that gossipy bitch. <laughs> yeah and then i mean everyone's catty so and then mm -hmm. scott needs to show off his high school girlfriend because lo and behold the band really liked her so she passed the test with that group of friends so now he feels confident going like cool this is something i can show off to people mm -hmm. i'm sorry that's a terrible way to refer to a person this is someone i can show off to people <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> 
To be yeah. fair, how Scott treats. I was going to say, that's a, that's a very authentic way of... Uh... Not inaccurate. <laughs> because um, basically he goes, hey, do you want to go pick up my girlfriend for a date? And Wallace is just like, no, why would I want to do that at all? We're going to the high school she goes to. You've, you're yeah. not making this any better. And this is when Scott goes, you sure? It's not like a it's not like a girl's high school. There's boys there, too. And Wallace is just like, God damn it. I, fine. I'll I, get my I, coat. I, <laughs> I, 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 I hate you. I know you're playing me, but OK. Well, Wallace accepts he's a piece of shit. He's just like, <laughs> fine. I guess I'll go check out. Because like they, they they keep saying over and over again, it's like, oh, wow, Scott Pilgrim's standing in high school or he's 23 in this wild. And then it's like. Yeah, the, the characters saying it all the time is one thing. It's quite another thing to have Scott waiting at the gates of the high school as it's letting out. And it's so awkward. And like, it's uh -huh. awkward for the characters, too. Like a whole bunch of the background characters are just staring at them like, what is happening? That's kind of weird. You're just waiting by the gate. Very palpable. Who are these two adults? Why are they waiting here? Uh, and then... And then Knives comes running over immediately because um, after the band practice, her infatuation with Scott has grown. Yes, it has crossed over into we were just casually using each other to actual affection. Well, because he's in a band, he's cool. Yeah. Like that. It is, not, it is exactly like, that shallow. Yeah. yeah. It, oh, oh, man. A teenager is in an incredibly shallow relationship. Someone whoa. alert the presses. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not expressly said in the comic, but it's pretty obvious that the only reason Knives is like, oh, yeah, uh, I'll date this guy. He's my boyfriend now. Sure. Is because she was having the argument with her mom about why don't you have a boyfriend yet? And and she thought he looked cool mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, That's what and I mean, like she could have easily snagged a random dude, but she continued to like entertain this relationship. Because to be she... fair, she did snag a random dude. Like <laughs> <laughs> the sort of nice thing about it that salvages Scott from being as awful as he could be is that uh, even if they are both using each other, like the the fact that he does actually like pay attention to uh, like the <laughs> the school drama and stuff, like. He act, but I mean, it kind of is like he's actively engaging because it's giving him what he needs, you know, like yeah. whether or not he genuinely cares. I don't know. I, I can't at this point really buy into that because he quote unquote cares not because he actually cares, but because it is taking him further away from his from, actual life. Yeah, from the reality of the situation, from the reality that he shares a futon with his very gay roommate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, tell me this more interesting story. That's definitely, you know, it sounds really interesting compared to what my actual day to day is. So keep yeah. like, you know, reading me this story. Keep telling me more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, even when he then goes on the Oh, he takes knives to a goodwill, which mm -hmm. is hilarious because um, there's a coat that gets mentioned casually and knives is just like, oh, wow, I, I didn't even think about getting this coat. And Scott's like, no, I think that'd look really good on you. And Scott has a type knives. Isn't current, knives isn't currently that type. But man, does he suddenly just go, it'd be cool if you did that. If Scott were a smarter person, I'd say, oh, he's being kind of here. I think Scott's just dumb. And it was just like, yeah, no, I like girls who are aware of that. <laughs> like, and no, no, he, he does not realize what he's doing. But I mean, that's also the same thing. Like everyone tells Scott that he's being dumb. Like, I'm pretty sure that word means nothing to him because everyone tells him he's being dumb. Yeah. So and you can't even say he's not aware. But I mean, it's also 
again, kind of to Jacob's point earlier, is he actually, you know, really interested or is this is getting me closer to what, you know, subconsciously or not even subconsciously. I think he's on some level understands this of what he wants. It's literally if he can like because he does mention like her friends and stuff and he is paying attention at this point. He's mm-hmm. involved in that drama because it takes him away from dealing with his life, which he's from kind of his, checked ex- out from. Exactly. The thing is, it's understandable why Knives likes him, I think, is sort mm-hmm. of the important part. He has redeeming qualities. He's not like he's not awful. He's just not good. <laughs> You know, like there, yeah, there's a of, there's a very realistic degree to him where he is neither hero nor villain. He's just a dude. There's a thing with the the way his friends treat him and that they they all tell him the same stuff. Uh, there, there's a bit later that, uh, boy, I, I hope I can convey my feelings on that correctly, because uh, Scott Pilgrim is very slow at times. Like it, it has this thing that it does where it's like it does a slow burn of like this is just regular ass mundane life with literally nothing happening. And then, you know, and and then you realize that, you know, oh, people are avoiding like serious real life problems. That's what this is about. There was a but there was a point where it's like, OK, I'm invested now. This is this is a this is a cool dynamic that was created. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's the way that the world treats Scott because of his foibles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell that Scott is he's got a lot of problems in his life that he really probably should be addressing more strictly than he is. Um, because while it's not really pointed out directly a lot because Scott will very rapidly try to deflect away from it, but this is the first relationship he's been in, in over a year since a particularly bad breakup that happened. And he is also currently without a job. So like there's, there's a few bits in his life that he really should addressing and uh gee i wonder if he's repressing these emotions as after the date with knives he goes home goes to sleep and has a dream of himself wandering a barren desert falling to his knees crying going oh my god i'm so alone yeah like that's (laughs) kind of what i was getting at by saying like knives is clearly just escapism Mm because that he then dreams of being in a desert dying of loneliness also Weird tangent. The date he took knives on was to his old family home that his parents sold to move away. <laughs> like, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say one of the shittiest things Scott did was to take knives there. What the fuck? There's literally no point in taking her there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was just a plain old shitty thing to do. <laughs> Why? And that was after they went to the Goodwill, and it's like this pretty. Pretty crummy date. (laughs) Knives mentions that she uh, hasn't dated many guys. It's like, I can kind of tell if you think that this is the the peak of stuff you do on a relationship. Well, Scott has no money. mm, Yeah, I guess he has no money. He's he's got he's got like no money. Yes, which is why when he says roommate, just, you know, giving him a side eye over here. He's quite literally couch surfing, but never left. Look, he, pay, he, he pays Wallace in other ways. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that must be the reason. To quote the girl that... <laughs> to quote the girl that appears in his dreams, come on, keep trying to convince me you're not gay. You're doing a great job. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we do mention, as Scott is dying of loneliness in that desert, Manic Pixie Dream Girl skates in with her bright pink hair and goggles. 
I, I am not immune to manic pixie dream girl propaganda. <laughs> just I'm just say. saying the metaphor of running through his head. She's literally skating through his head because, you know, it's a shortcut. He wakes up going like, wow, who was that girl? Because she's running on his mind. Because he's currently dating knives who he likes because it's simple and easy. But he actually likes Ramona. <laughs> like that is mm-hmm. that is some infatuation that he is not feeling in a situation. Well, let's just be clear. Before. He likes her aesthetic. She is visually what he wants. Yeah, because he doesn't know her yet. But uh, I, yeah, I said infatuated. Like mm-hmm. he he is yeah. uh, he's in love with the ideal of her, as opposed to Knives, who is she's easy. That's a terrible way to phrase that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible, terrible way to phrase the seventeen. She is, she is just very simple to be with. It's, it's oh. very carefree. That, uh, that reminds me. Knives has a great line when they're on their date of like, "Yes, Scott, I haven't." She's like, "Well, have you like dated a bunch of boys?" No, I've never really dated any boys. In fact, I've never even kissed a boy. And Scott's just like, "Yeah, me neither." Oh, that's good. oblivious thy name is scott pilgrim no wonder she just jumps him to kiss him later on look yeah you gotta take initiative with scott unless you're ramona then he will take way too much initiative (laughs) but that's jumping a little bit ahead yeah because it starts off with he's just you know continuing to go about his day to day and uh, he's like oh yeah i had a weird dream i really don't want to hear about it his 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 friends they're just having lunch at a sushi place yeah i don't care let's let's not talk about that <laughs> great support system you got here scott oh. I, I mean that was a very expensive lunch wallace bought for him after that he's going uh he's going with knives to the library but scott's got another immortal line here of like uh, libraries always remind me of remind me of grade school <laughs> Like that, there's so much to unpack. There's, there's a lot to unpack there. I I love how that kind of starts a little cascade too, because knives is in love with the idea that he's so much older and wiser, but says it in such a wiser. Wow, but she <laughs> she's in love with the idea of that, and she's like, yeah, that must be in a really long time for you. And you see, Scott hears her say that and gets visibly uncomfortable with. Please don't mention the age gap. <laughs> I please stop. This is already creepy. You're making it creepier. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, while he's kind of trying to repress the fact that he doesn't like the implications of what she just said, uh, girl of his dreams is making a delivery to the library, which means she's not fake and is real. We have uh, the beginning of Knives Joker arc. <laughs> Scott is just staring after Ramona, entirely, like, blue-screened. Instantly stops giving a shit about Knives' drama, too, like... Oh, yeah. He, oh. he he becomes entirely checked out. He checks out immediately. He's, he's checked out of everything, to like, to the point where even the band notices, Hey, Scott, I know we've got three chord songs, but you played a single note. <laughs> Is your girlfriend distracting you? Who? <laughs> poor, poor, knives? Poor, poor, knife, poor Knives. She's like, I'll be quieter. <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry, I'm just fantasizing about some other girl I met at the library. <laughs> like, <laughs> I dreamed about her and then I randomly saw her and now I'm completely uh, stunned. And more importantly, uh, they end up going to a party, which is too late at night for Knives to go. And also Knives wouldn't be invited at this point. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, because this is when they've got the gig. Mm -hmm. And because they've got the gig, 
they're like, well, Knives has to come. And she's just like, I know it's past curfew, but I'll get some of my friends to go because they'll all love you too. We're going to cheer so loudly. And Scott's just like, yeah, you know, you don't really need to go. <laughs> that That is where I believe the gig is acquired. But uh, this random party is where Scott uh, finally get, gets uh, confirmation. Well, he already got confirmation that the girl in his dreams is real, but he also learns her name. Yeah, because he starts asking around, hey, do you know like a girl like that. I, mm-hmm. I love the way that he describes and yet somehow he does in fact, uh, convey. Well, Cause he's talking, he's talking to that dude and that guy knows everybody. He's just like, I don't know if I'd know everybody, you know, a girl with hair like this and then does a gesture that in no way indicates anything. And that guy's like, Oh, you mean Ramona flowers? Yeah. She just moved here from New York. She's American. I think your sister talks to her. She's supposed to be at this party later. What an insane amount of information, you know, (laughs) just from a very crummy like hand gesture to indicate bangs. (laughs) Our fringe, we're trying to be inclusive. That's when he then goes over to his sister and just goes, hey, uh, so, you know, Ramona Flowers? And she's like, yeah, no, she's like a new in town and uh, she's from New York City. I'm trying to, like, help her get connected with my friend network because I'm you know who I am. I'm, I make friends with everybody. And then Stephen Stills is just like, yeah, I heard she just went through like a bad breakup with her boyfriend in New York City or something. And then she's just like, yeah, but we weren't going to tell Scott that. Right, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> oh so she's single <laughs> yeah we we immediately find out why we were not going to tell scott that because he has the toothiest wide-eyed grin on his face as he's like did she really <laughs> yes yes i mean trying to run damage control mm-hmm. no we because we don't hate ramona she seems cool so obviously she can't be we around can't, you. Thusly, <laughs> we cannot allow Scott to get close to her. Because Scott will ruin anything he touches is his sister's perception of him, which is not always fake. Um, was that was that his sister? I didn't think his sister was at the party. I thought it was Stacy. Yes, his, his, yes, his sister is Stacy. Yeah, St- Stacy Pilgrim. Stacy Pilgrim. Yep. Yeah, but it's not Stacy in that scene. It's it's one of Stacy's co-workers. I don't remember her name. Uh, yeah, 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 it's uh, Ju- Julie. Stacy has black hair. Yeah, it's Julie. Oh, wait, is Julie dating? There's a bunch of yeah. people in this that are <laughs> that are incidental. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 like a real like network of friends and family. Yeah, I, I love how pretty early on we get introduced to another guy named Scott. And I just love that because like, yeah, sometimes people have the same name and it's confusing. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> And I mean, like, like, this is a series that one thing that it does extremely well, and like, this seems to almost be like kind of the point is like, there's there's a thing about fiction where part of the point of like, especially like fantastical elements, they exist to magnify and illustrate a specific point or theme in a story, the world that we inhabit in the Scott Pilgrim story is so real and normal that it's such a swerve when supernatural shenanigans just start happening. And like, I don't know, I feel like I feel like there's something of a point there where it's like the relationships and the characters are so thoroughly grounded in reality. Like 
you're, you've been connected to at least one of these people, even if it's, you know, by a degree of separation, because they're just real people with real relationships. And, and Jacob, you want to know what really hammers that down? That thing we were just arguing about. I looked it up because I'm like, I could have sworn Stacy was here. Stacy is here. Stacy is the person Scott talks to who tells her Julie is the person who invited Ramona to the party. <laughs> so Stacy points her over to where Julie is and they are both like girls with very similar fashion style with glasses and ponytails. I'm glad we got this settled now. The, like, the only way, yeah, the, the easiest way to tell them apart is one has black hair and the other's a brunette. I think they also do make like reference to the fact they both work at the coffee shop. And yeah, no, they, uh, that's how they know each other. They're coworkers. And they, and every time they go to the coffee shop, someone is surprised that the other one of them is not working. But yeah, this is also when we get the awkward scene where Scott goes up to Ramona, who's kind of just drinking by herself in the corner. Cause again, she got invited to a party. She doesn't know anyone at. And Julie's kind of dumb because she knows this person knows nobody at the party <laughs> and mm -hmm. just let her stand there. Uh, so Scott goes over and goes like, hey, nice shoes. And also, um, hey, you just remind me of <laughs> like of a dream that I had. And he's just like, that sounds like a terrible pickup line. I'm going to blush and leave you alone forever. And she's just like, thanks. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'd appreciate it if you also left me alone forever. And then he followed her until she left the party. <laughs> and then Scott stalked her until she left early. It was not she followed. He was stalking. And that <laughs> when, if he's infatuated with anything, he cannot be subtle about it. He just goes all in. It's so weird. Uh, and then we get him pumping his sister for information, who just immediately sends it over to Julie. Hence why we're confused who's talking to who. Mm -hmm. uh. Look, the point being, <laughs> the point being that Scott learned that she is a delivery girl for Amazon.ca, you know, that online bookseller. That's Doesn't my favorite part of the, the Netflix show. They have her be a delivery girl for Netflix DVDs, <laughs> which is equally as placing it in time and place and also not advertising a competing streaming service, I guess. My favorite part is Scott goes home from the party and Scott doesn't drink. So he's just sleeping in the bed futon that he shares with Wallace. Wallace comes home drunk. He is smashed. And Scott's just like, hey, I'm really into this girl. And I want to talk about emotions with you. And he's just like, that's boring. Can I pretend you're talking about a guy? If you want. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she had these really cool shoes. Scott, I don't know what he's talking about. Draw me a picture of them. Scott, those are clown shoes. <laughs> and then he passes out. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Scott, in a desperate bid to see Ramona again, orders some CDs off of Amazon <laughs> so that uh, she will have to come deliver them and they will have to talk. <laughs> I, I, I love this entire scene. That's not creepy at all. Oh, also, that's where you work? So obviously I must have a reason for us to interact. I will start patronizing this business. <laughs> and also mm -hmm. the completely moronic logic of, uh, surely Amazon CA would have more than one delivery employee. Nope. Surely. Surprisingly not. Unfortunately, uh, someone does knock on the door like immediately after he ordered. And he's just like, haha, you were dumb, Wallace. Someone is. Oh, no, it's just my fake girlfriend because uh, <laughs> Knives has shown up because saying, hey, remember, we were hanging out today. Oh, how could I possibly forget? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're hanging out today. <laughs> 
Uh, so they go on a little pizza date and then go into the Goodwill to try on clothes because it's free. And Scott has, if he checked out last time, he has completely checked out this time. Yes. He is. He does not look at her once throughout the montage. He is on a different planet. Also, um, my favorite part about this is at while they're at the Goodwill, you see knives buying clothes that look identical to Kim's style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I, I think this girl might have some... Um, some identity issues. I think she doesn't have a strong. Oh, don't seventeen. Oh, 17. oh man, a seventeen-year-old <laughs> doesn't know who they are and what other people are. Wow, 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 That must be a serious slow. character flaw of knives. We should Stop really that. remedy that. Oh my god! Please don't get to us. No, get over that. It's yeah, be 17. That's what it's like. I'm not saying it's a character flaw that needs remedying. I'm saying it's a character trait. I was looking at it from even worse because I mean, yeah, but I was also saying, like, also the fact that, you know, racially that's brought up her ethnicity is brought up significantly. And so now you're saying, oh, she's really having identity issues that she becomes wants to be part of another subculture. They do bring that up weirdly a lot. Yeah, it uh, feels like part of the time capsule nature of uh, the I, story. Yeah. I mean, also given the fact that her mom was all on about, hey, why don't you date a nice Chinese boy? Yeah, so that's I, true I, too. I, I, I think her parents are first generation immigrants. Oh yeah, that's it, definitely very... a first, that's, a, that's definitely a first gen thing. It's just like, I've already like scanned the entire neighborhood and know where all of those who share our ethnicity or nationality live. We have a small social network and we have already made your rear matches and how you will interact throughout the world. That's not Yay. what she's saying. She's saying there's a bunch of nice Chinese boys your age. <laughs> you should try dating. Yes. Uh, but uh, I, I love how completely checked out <laughs> Scott is because she's just like, hey, so where are your parents? Are they like in Europe? Or it's like, he's like, yeah, I don't know. They're going around spending euros or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Scott, Scott's family or. Er- his parents have just uh, hacked off to another continent. And and not I there. was trying to, and this is for my co-host, because it was really weird reading this because at first, you know, I had, I had to, you know, ask Matt, I'm like, wait, I thought I knew Scott Pilgrim was based in the North, the Northern part of, uh, I guess, Canada. I had, I had her picked that up, but then when he pulled in Europe, I'm like, wait, is the, are they based in Europe? Because there was like so much where we were focused on. Is it Canada? Is it Europe? What is it? Where are we? Just, and, just, just to clarify, Toronto is like the southernmost part of Canada. <laughs> oh yeah, it's right across literally a river. It's, mm. it's not that far. It's basically, yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, it, I guess what I was confused is about the dynamic because of scott's parents because you know sure they're over 18 but well it's it's a family thing that definitely has some kind of baggage and or drama associated with it so funny scott hasn't talked about it how about that yeah especially since he brings knives you know through his childhood home and mentions that yeah his parents sold the house (laughs) almost like he's got some emotions about that he's trying to process and then just doesn't (laughs) I mean, uh, that's pretty of, much anyone because I don't know. It's just, it's just that childhood home of yours, you know, sure you're grown, but that doesn't mean that you immediately detach with like the place, the only place you've known 
for the majority of your life. I'm, I'm just saying, real weird place to take your new girlfriend on a date walking yeah. by. Like it, yes. that, there is no reason you'd do that. Also, speaking of Scott not being able to process emotions, uh, Knives doesn't want to have to walk with him all the way back past the bus stop, so she gives him a big hug and then surprise kisses him. And then Scott cannot process this because he did not want this relationship to continue, and it's now yeah. moved a step further. Yes, uh, and now he is responsible for taking that girl's first kiss. Okay, he's not responsible for that at all. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, no. See, cause see, like, from Scott's perspective, she didn't even want to hold hands. That was a bridge too far for her. And that's the reason why he was cool with everything going on. Then suddenly, his mind is elsewhere. Boom, open mouth kiss. To be wow, fair. this is a completely different relationship, and I can't handle that. To be fair, they were holding hands in the moonlight the entire walk, so... Well, yeah, he's he's Scott's just checked out. Yeah, he's that thoroughly checked out. And like and like, here's the thing. This is this is one of the ones where it's like, I feel compelled to defend Scott because he puts himself in the worst light all the time. But the reason why that's hard is because there is a correct and mature response to this. He doesn't do that because he's Scott Pilgrim. I'll see you at band practice tomorrow. Bye. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is basically the worst thing you could possibly do in this situation. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose second worst, but we're not going to go into that option. Uh, uh, but yeah, so he, he goes home to Wallace and <laughs> says, hey, it's the weekend. Your CDs aren't getting delivered until Monday at the earliest. And he's just like, well, fine. I'm going to sleep for 16 hours. Mm-hmm. Challenge accepted. He, I've been there. <laughs> he, he expresses way more distress over the bare hint of a possibility of seeing that girl he had a dream about than the kiss that he just received from the girl he is ostensibly at this moment dating. Yes, it hurts so deeply for Knives, even though, as we've already, like, established they're both using each other for different or were using each other for different reasons at this point Knives has caught feelings like that's yeah oh yeah no that's the thing like it's it's changed for Knives it never changed for uh Scott and that's where the problems are and the other thing is to me the single biggest character flaw of Scott's above all other things because there are so many things where it's like he'll let something simmer longer than it should you know he can be uh very lazy at times but it's like he over the course of the reading he's shown that he's absolutely capable of solving problems in his life even if it's not necessarily the best way the big problem with Scott is he is so confrontation averse he doesn't want to address this issue with uh knives because he knows that this is going to be like serious emotional tumult and he just doesn't want to go there he will dodge it for as long as possible because he does not want to have this conversation that he needs to have really it really comes to head with uh knives shows up at their band practice they find out they've got the gig so They've got to practice for the gig. This is mm-hmm. when I, I got my practices confused. This is when he goes basically, oh, Knives, you don't have to show up. And she's like, no, I'll definitely get all of my friends to show up. Yeah, she's our biggest friend. And then young Neil goes to cry. Poor young Neil. And he's, we he's a good he's, he's a good kid. <laughs> yeah. And Scott then leaves band practice and wakes up from a dream uh, Monday morning of his old high school. And Ramona's skating through with a package with his name on it. And he wakes up just as she gets to the door. 
And that surprises her a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> the door opens as her finger is pressing in the doorbell. Are you Scott Pilgrim? Hi, do you want to go out with me? I mean, hang out with me. I mean, uh, um, I'm Scott Pilgrim. Uh, no, just just sign for the package. That's really all my job is. Yeah, and uh, Scott is not letting this idea go of the idea of them dating. It just, look, I keep dreaming about you, and I know that sounds weird. Oh, right. That's probably because I've been taking the subspace highway through your head. It's really convenient. It's so empty in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're taking the what? The subspace highway. They not, they not teach you that in Canadian schools? I love this because, okay, so there are two elements of Scott Pilgrim that stuck out to me. One of them was a sort of thematic element that we'll get into a little bit later. And uh, the other one was, my God, the like drive by world building that they do because Scott hears about this. He's like, huh, I guess it's just an American thing. And you think it's Scott being a moron. But as it turns out. No, there being a, a subspace highway going through your head that allows you to teleport places isn't as weird as it would seem at first blush. Uh, we're going to find out later that Scott basically has fighting game powers, and this is a normal thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like, I love how it's presented so mundanely and the nature of the character that the audience is seeing the story through makes it feel like this should be weirder and he's not reacting because he's stupid and or obsessed. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's actually it's actually introducing an element of the wider story that comes up later. It is. I it is my favorite type of world building where characters just mention things that are normal to them and say fuck you to the audience. I don't have to explain this to you. <laughs> it Scott doesn't even work as a pro as an appropriate audience insert because he doesn't know what she's talking about. She tries to explain it and he he's like, is it like a warp pipe in Super Mario 2? You know, can you just sign for the damn package? <laughs> she, you can see the calculation on her face of how much time is it going to take for me to break this down into put into a way he'll understand. Too much time. Okay, we're skipping it. I, I do like the other thing about this relationship is she's like, Scott's just like, well, no, hold on. Like, we met at a party. I know your name. Like, this is a whole thing. We've met before. And then you see her just click into for a second. Oh, God, you were the guy who said I've been in your dreams because I've literally been in your dreams. Oh, no, I thought you were just being weird. <laughs> oh, crap. Sorry. Um, uh, Yeah. And then that's when you see the vibe change of like, oh, no, you weren't being weird. I kind of overreacted and made that a weird situation. And you can see her reset back to, oh, yeah, he is kind of nice then. And that's like, look, I, I really need you to sign for this. Um, just sign for this. I like I'm I'm working right now, so we can't talk any longer than he does. And he's just like, OK, well, what about like we meet up again at 8 p.m.? And she's like, look, if you'll sign for the package, fine, I will go hang out with you. I don't have a lot of friends in town, so I could use people to hang out with. I'm going to take this olive branch, but like, <laughs> please just sign for the package. I'm literally on the clock right now. Wait, Hold on. Did you just say you're obsessed with me? <laughs> <laughs> Let's pretend I didn't say obsessed. He says with the with the widest crazy eyes expression. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they meet up for a date at 8 p.m. And just to remind the dear listener, Scott is still dating a high schooler. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. They probably didn't discuss exclusivity. 
but there's probably a strongly implied exclusivity. Aha. <laughs> uh -huh. They they probably didn't discuss it because Scott never intended to let the relationship long, get that far. How long have they been like hanging out? Like I'm like thinking weeks? a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so. Yeah, and no longer than that. To be fair, he did introduce knives to people as his girlfriend. So that kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, look, it, it's it's the common thing with Scott. It's not as shitty as it could be. In all honesty, it's not really that bad. He just manages to create situations where it looks so much worse than it is. It's like he's not he's not a monster. He's not even really that bad. But like, God damn it, Scott, why are you doing this? This whole date is really like as a reader, kind of like you fluctuate going like, Scott, you really should have broken up with your fake high school girlfriend before going on this date. But then mm -hmm. you get the two of them interacting and you realize, damn it, they connect on a way deeper level than he and Knives ever did. So it's like, you feel yeah, bad. Yeah. But you like, feel, you feel bad because he should really just let go of Knives at this point, just for her sake, if no other reason. There's a matter of him needing to let go of Knives. He doesn't want that fight. Like, that's yeah. what it is. He's conflict averse. He doesn't want to have that conversation because it is. It it's is a bad easy. conversation. It's it a bad conversation. If she brought it up first, he'd be gung ho. Like, yeah, totally. Well, because like the whole thing is the relationship with knives was a band aid to get over his breakup with his previous girlfriend a year ago. The problem is now that he's met Ramona, he's seen an actual solution to getting over his breakup from a year ago. And he's like, damn uh -huh. it. Uh now it's complicated. Also, can I just say, man, th this this date reading this hits a little differently after reading Chainsaw Man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I know this came first, but yes, it came first. It's uh, I, was, I, I was waiting for the bomb. <laughs> Oh no! Very high school of a date too is just walking around at night and going to like a closed playground, swinging on the swings. Ramona's very energetic, S mm. sitting on the Arrested Development metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> As they're heading home, it's starting to uh, rain, and then then that turns into snow. And uh, <laughs> thankfully, Ramona has her teleporting powers. The the subspace highway. Yeah, that's just a thing we have in America. Like. Yeah. Oh, I guess you don't have it up in Canada. I don't know. And uh, they swing through the void to uh, her place, at uh, which point after, uh, the date uh, continues on uh, with oh, yeah. uh, getting out, <laughs> getting out of the wet clothes, getting some tea. And then, you know what? Screw tea. That's not going to warm us up fast enough. Yep. Let's get out of all the wet clothes and go and go uh, <laughs> get into bed. This is a very logical solution. Yes. I love how they set this up, too, because they're making tea. They're both realizing they're in cold, wet clothes. And she's just like, you're shivering. How about I go get you a blanket? And he's like, that'd be great. And then she walks away and she's gone for like a little too long. He's like, I'm still cold. Uh, yeah. So to be fair, she did kind of bring on herself because, OK, the next scene is her changing. And it's like, OK, but, but I guess that was not conveyed that, hey, I'm going to change out of these I wet was, clothes and bring yeah. you not for nothing, she could have locked the freaking door. No, no, like, that's the thing. Scott just walked in through the door because it was open. Like, mm -hmm. the, also, completely honestly, uh, Ramona's reaction is then for Scott closes his eyes immediately and Ramona just walks up and hugs him and just like, hold on, why do I feel warm? 
oh, I'm cold too. And then they start kissing. <laughs> so um, Ramona was very into this. weird. It's very weird. <laughs> Ramona yep. was fine with this being how it played out. They start hey. kissing and stripping and getting into bed. I Scott's smooth. Say what you want about Scott, but he's just like, were you just going to bring the blanket from your bed? Well, maybe mm -hmm. we could share it on your bed. What Say about the tea? What about it? <laughs> as, I mean, as, that's the thing. Scott has to have some level of charisma because it's not like he, you know, it's not like he doesn't attract these women. Like, no, because Scott has had multiple girlfriends. He's just averse to dealing with shit and is kind of a shitty person behind that. I just love the panel where they're saying, what about the tea? Because neither of them are looking at each other. They're both just staring at the bed blushing. And I'm like, God damn. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, props to Scott because uh, they they get down to their underwear. They hop in the bed. They're making out. Uh, Scott expresses the slightest amount of hesitation. Ramona is immediately like, nah, I've changed my mind. And then she rolls away and is like, change your mind about what? Uh, I am not going to have sex with you. Oh, okay. That's cool. Can we still cuddle? Yeah, we can still cuddle. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's that's part of the thing where it's like, there's a connection there. Like, they get each other. Yeah. But it's like, man, the first date with this girl, you're already uh, in your underwear cuddling in her bed, Scott. Uh, you should probably break up with knives. <laughs> <laughs> you probably should. Well, to be fair, you that's what everyone tells him yeah. after this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, we uh, Ramona wakes up at the crack of 8 a.m. because she's got a real job and mm -hmm. as such has to kick Scott out of her apartment or the room she's renting. I, I actually don't really understand. It might be a boarding house is kind of the what I took away from it. I mean, it certainly could be like a one bedroom apartment or something. There, There's a lot of shoes at the front. And then they go upstairs, and after they go upstairs, they're in the kitchen. It's and some then, kind of shared housing. It might be like, yeah, I, it is a. I, at a the dorm, at the I don't know at, I don't know at the end of the like colored edition, which is what we read. They have a whole bunch of like behind the scenes stuff, and I'm pretty sure there's a floor plan for her apartment. I just didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I tend not to read the extras when we do these episodes because we read an arc of manga a week I, I was running low on time reading anyway i just skipped that <clears throat> yep but um oh sam you skipped the part where scott's just like i wish i could roll into a morph ball to go to the bathroom instead of having to stand up and she's and oh no ramona's i saw that part <laughs> ramona's just like hey i knew a guy who could do that not what it's cracked up to be what <laughs> stop ruining my fantasies he says out loud with his words god damn it also fun little bit of foreshadowing that i don't think pays off in what we read uh ramona has a letter from someone named gideon underneath all of her stuff in her room there's a lot of mentioning of gideon and and set up of gideon which Speaking of people not wanting to confront painful parts of their lives, Gideon is mentioned several times as I think that guy that Ramona was dating back in New York that she allegedly broke up with. Yeah, because I think on the date we just saw was when she said, hey, who's Gideon? Uh, he's a friend, like a boyfriend. Um, let's not go into that. <laughs> it's just, mm -hmm. And the later on, of hemming and hawing about that. She proceeds to blue screen every time the name is mentioned in any context. Yeah. <laughs> and then on their second date, Scott's just like, so what about this uh, like other boyfriend you have in New York City, Gideon? And she's just like, ugh. And it's like, no, but doesn't confirm that 
this isn't her boyfriend in New York City. So the fact Scott also has a girlfriend at this point, he seems to think Ramona would care a lot more about than Ramona does. But like, that makes sense because Ramona also has a weird relationship situation she doesn't want to get into. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, we haven't quite got there because R- Ramona kicks him out because I'm not leaving you in my apartment alone. And mm-hmm. um, he goes back to Wallace, who is complaining like an old man because they don't have heat. Close the damn door. I'm freezing. I'm feeling attacked. So I hung out with that girl, Ramona. Did you sleep with her? I mean, yes, I slept with her in her bed. You should break up with your fake hot high school girlfriend. You should break up with your fake high school girlfriend. You should break I, up with your fake high not, school girlfriend. Not, it's not like I slept, had sex with it. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, I know you're right. No, no matter what the solution is, what you just told me, you should break up with your fake high school girlfriend. Yeah, yes, Mm-mm. yes. Just in case I'm not clear, you should break up with your fake high school girlfriend. Hey, Wallace, do you want to come see our show tonight? It's going to be cool. I'll only go if you break up with your poor, <laughs> that poor girl you're manipulating. <laughs> hey, hey, by the way, Scott, what's that letter you got? Uh, let me see. Dear Mr. Pilgrim, my name is Matthew Patel. I'm going to receive no reply to the email I sent you. Blah, blah, blah. Fair warning, fight schedule, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I, I, I don't want whatever he's selling. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, unfortunately, uh, now that the seal has been broken, Knives is in the we are going to kiss every time we interact uh, oh part of the relationship. Uh-huh. Which, yep, she she skips into band practice in her full Kim cosplay and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> immediately yeah. jumps Scott. Yeah, she gets her hair cut and she's just like, I really like how your hair looks, but I'm also weirded out by the fact you kissed me. And oh, geez. And then it's just like she looks identical to Kim, which is reason why he's kind of weirded out by this is we all uncover continually it's like hey i need to talk with you about something and and then she's just looking up at him all, all happy and he's like you know i should go set up i'm not gonna deal with this right now god damn it scott just commit uh no that yeah. would be conflict and i can't handle uh, conflict also and date off also in all fairness this is a terrible scene to do it in <laughs> It is a bad time in addition, but I mean, really, the good time would have been the first time she kissed him. But it's Scott. He's not going to do that. I think he was pretending that didn't happen. And then this meeting really cements him. Oh, no, I have to deal with this, but I don't want to. (laughs) Let's focus on Crash and the Boys, the band we're playing against. (laughs) I love this. The the entirety of Sex Bob-Bob hates them. And then Kim's like, you guys hate everybody. Like, yeah, but they've got a new drummer. Oh, really? Who's the new guy? It's a girl. I hate her. (laughs) (laughs) With a look of murder on her face. It it makes it even worse when we find out that the new drummer is eight years old. (laughs) This does not alleviate Kim's hatred in the slightest. If anything, it makes it worse. So anyway, they meet up at the bar they're playing. Um... Stacy is there because she's supporting her brother and uh, she has brought her new boyfriend, kind of. Uh, it is a guy she has brought there to be a date. Yes, it's not clear if this is even, you know, obviously not a co-worker, but this new friend of hers. She brought it a is, date. It is a guy she is introducing to her friends. So I think it's implied that they have gone on a few dates at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She doesn't introduce him as a boyfriend, but she just introduces him as Jimmy. 
Uh, and actually, yeah. I just noticed something. Jimmy has glasses, and we know from uh, Scott's yes. knowing of Wallace earlier that Wallace likes dudes with glasses. Yes, yep. this is why Wallace is not, you know, his powder is not all that dry, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Stace. You're my only friend. What a sad thing to say, Scott. Yeah, what a sad yes. thing to say to your little sister. <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. I also love how Stacy introduces Scott as her little brother. And Jimmy's like, thought you said that he's older than you? Yes. That doesn't change the fact that he's the little brother. Also mentally, he is a little brother. So mm -hmm. um, Knives has doubled down on the Kim cosplay. Uh, also, weirdly kind of looking like Envy. Yeah, I noticed that. Which uh, That's oh, probably yeah. entirely coincidental, but... That's... Uh, no, well, she, no likes, that's... she likes Clash at Demon Head, actually. That's been established at this point. So mm -hmm. she's wearing what she thinks you wear to a rock concert, which is staged costume she's never gotten an opportunity to know kim so she's just like these are what cool rocker girls wear kind of right yeah and then she's got her friend tamara who is very self-conscious tomorrow is also super based just later on <laughs> i just love her it's uh, tamara is <laughs> he doesn't want to be here honestly uh i'm not sure if she doesn't want to be here i think she's just nervous about being in a situation yeah. that's outside yeah. the comfort zone but uh so knives does the thing she's been doing and hops on scott to kiss him which stacy is very concerned about and more importantly ramona just showed up <laughs> uh-huh like ramona literally just walked in the door <laughs> maximum awkward there is an entire page of everyone looking at everyone like sideways glancing like are we going to address what just happened because this <laughs> seems weird hey scott are you going to address why everyone's looking at each other nope ah, gotta go <laughs> <laughs> hey look a potential conflict for me to avoid i'm just saying it's like this is scott's superpower because not only is he so awful at handling these situations he literally actively seems to attract these situations you know we're really shitting on scott i'm, I'm gonna be honest if i was in this exact situation i would also just leave because there's no winning this yeah no yeah <laughs> you're not only solving this in the moment <laughs> well, the only I mean, winning move is not to play <laughs> and i mean here's the thing if Scott had handled this situation earlier, it would not have gotten this bad. This is why being this severely risk averse is a character flaw, because it didn't have to come to this, Scott, but you let it. Uh. Yeah, and that's that's honestly what I love about it, because the thing is, what is he going to do in this situation? There's nothing much to do, but it's still his fault. It's happening in the first place. Oh. Uh. Anyway, Wallace becomes a heckler for the remainder of the show. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I love, I so love much so that he gets his own dedication. I love it. He, he becomes <laughs> a, a full-time hater. He woke up early to start hating. Yeah, because yeah, cr Crash and the Boys, their entire thing is they play like four second long songs. <laughs> we are Crash and the Boys. Is that girl a boy too? Yes. <laughs> as the eight-year-old yeah. is flipping him off. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's either the reclamation of gender-neutral language or trans rights. I Either or. <laughs> Both work. But uh, anyway, um, they eventually go, this one goes out to the heckler in the stands, and then Wallace just goes, ooh, sweet, a song about me. <laughs> <laughs> I love Wallace so much. 
meanwhile, meanwhile, knives is just in the like audience going like they uh they kind of suck. And I love it because like they're doing their four second songs and the entire crowd's just like, is this a prank? Are we being punked? What's going on? This this blows. And then and then Sex Bob on backstage, Stephen Stills, damn, they're good. (laughs) This is a battle of the bands or something. Yeah. And so then the Sex Bob mom is back in the green room going like, yeah, they're really bad. And Steven Stills is going about like th- their band playing. Meanwhile, Scott is completely revolved around his thing about like, no, we'll get them to all support us. And then Kim's just like, hey, uh, why is Knives dressing like me? She's not dressing like you. She's literally dressing like she started wearing jackets and now she's wearing like the skirts with the leggings. Yeah. Uh, it's oh. literally my style. Exactly. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Scott, wow, that's crazy anyway. Well, uh, but, um, then uh, in the girls' room, we get Ramona and Stacy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's sort of funny to me because there are so many cases where Scott, like, bumps sideways into the fact that, that his sister knows Ramona. And he always, every time it gets brought up, he seems surprised by this fact. Because <laughs> Julie knows Ramona. <laughs> yep. We've just confused those two characters because everyone confuses those two characters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how do you know Scott? He's a friend? <laughs> They also come back and uh, Wallace is making out with Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, Wallace, Wallace is making out with Jimmy. I love Stacy's reaction. Wallace, how dare you? You are not stealing another man from me. <laughs> this has a history. This has a history. <laughs> this has happened before. And I'm not. And based on that specific phrasing, this has not just happened once before. This has happened mm-hmm. multiple times. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. But anyway, uh, Sex Bob Mom takes advantage of the fact most of the audience has been knocked unconscious by the terrible song before them. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm going to be honest, Crash and the Boys appears to have done that on purpose. Yes. I, I don't know why, but... <laughs> I, I mean, hard for them to talk about the better band that came after the... <laughs> that came after Crash and the Boys if the audience is knocked out. But uh, unfortunately, as Sex Bob Mom goes up on stage, uh, they are interrupted by a Mr. Matthew Patel <laughs> who crashes through the ceiling and dives at Scott. Mr. Pilgrim, consider our fight begun. And I, I got to say, at this point, if you didn't know anything about what you're reading, you certainly did just read 130 pages of relationship drama. <laughs> yeah. Extremely <laughs> grounded, like relationship drama, you know, uh, daily life of uh, of a loser guy and his loser friends it just sort of just sort of slicey lifey stuff one weird thing with ramona's teleporting superpowers and now time for a boss battle yeah and like that's the thing about scott pilgrim it's meant to be read in volumes mm-hmm. because, oh yeah uh, this is also when we get established hey wait scott's the best fighter in the province <laughs> Wait, what, the, what does that mean? It means he's the best fighter in the province. He pulls off the uh, the reversal and then uh, air juggles. And like, and like this is this is the uh, the other half of what I was talking about before when I mentioned um, uh, like the sort of like drive by world building. Like the reason Scott didn't react isn't because he's an idiot. It's because that seemed logical to him because that's the kind of world this is. They didn't ever say it outright. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing that exists. 
Yeah. Plus Scott gets his 64 combo hit and Wallace just goes, Hey, that's a new personal best. And it's nice like, work, Scott. So you Wallace has seen Scott get a combo under 64 hits. Like, <laughs> I love how like sex babam is watching this. Wallace is complimenting him on the new high score. And Ramona just has her head in her hands like, oh, God, I guess <laughs> yeah. this is happening now because I am Matthew Patel and I am Ramona's first evil ex-boyfriend. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's Ramona's turn to get awkwardly stared at. <laughs> As we get established that that is her boyfriend from seventh grade. Uh, when she lived in the mountains, as she said, said earlier, she lived in a town that was football season and the little jocks were in like it was a town of jocks and non-white people. And Matthew Patel was only the only non-white, non-jock kid. So Ramona ever being the contrarian made out with it. <laughs> uh-huh. Because it was the way it was a way to snub all the jocks who were trying to date her. And then with her brute force and his mystic powers, they did a whole bunch of cool pre-adolescent capriciousness. Yes, and I love the fact that we never, ever touch on mystical powers. We try to, <laughs> yeah, Scott but that never like, gets unpacked. Scott's just like, wait, did you just say mystic powers? And then Matthew Patel summons a bunch of demon hipster chicks. Yes. The background <laughs> dancers. As, <laughs> as then Sex bob becomes Scott's background dancers as they have a dance battle. Yes. <laughs> no, it's Sex bob and Wallace and Stacy and Young Neil and Knives is also here. <laughs> They're all posing up for the team attack. <laughs> I love it. And they have like choreographed moves and Scott just wallops him. Mm -hmm. And um, he poofs into about uh, $2.10 in the form okay. of change. Okay, so he's dead, right? Uh, do you want an actual answer? Yes. <laughs> so uh no <laughs> okay uh the the lore of scott pilgrim is very fighting game uh when you are defeated you poof and go back home having learned your lesson okay yeah that tracks yeah it, i think that was mentioned i think that was mentioned in in the movie but again i haven't seen it in years <laughs> the, so the I, I think this is something the creator decided after the fact but yeah, basic, basically, oh, the movie has a great deleted scene where it ends with like a police broadcast about this dude who just murdered seven people on the run. <laughs> <laughs> and like all the video game stuff was in Scott's head. That that sounds about right. Because <laughs> uh, fun little thing about the movie is the movie was actually written before the final volume came out. So. Oh, yeah, because one of the things that I couldn't help, uh, there's a moment where I got these feelings a bit more strongly. But the idea that most of the fantastical stuff is just in Scott's head and even a lot of the girls being as infatuated with him as they are being in Scott's head, like this is his perception of the world and it's not real, was mm. something that crossed my mind. Yeah. And I mean, that is the vibe of a lot of things, because um, if you looked Ramona's flashback, she was telling was in an entirely different art style of like someone in seventh grade. Like mm -hmm. they very much do use the way the story is conveyed to you to like depict the person telling it. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Scott beat that guy up and got $2 and 10 cents for his trouble, which mm -hmm. is not enough for the subway home, but Ramona will give him some money. And the two of them leave together, leaving knives at the show alone. Yeah. Well, uh, Tamara's there. Tamara's there. She's a G. Yeah. She's got this. Unfortunately, he also left without his girlfriend. 
Well, no, he left with who he's considering his girlfriend because they immediately start making out on the subway. Mm-hmm. Uh, much to the surprise and adoration of the studio audience who's just <laughs> who got panel. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just saying this means he'd be a very terrible um, husband or what have you just because any girl who happened to talk to him or express oh. interest, he wouldn't be able to say no. He would just have multiple families. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Up to this point, Scott has totally seemed like marriage material, right? (laughs) This is also where we get the scene after they make out. Ramona decides to tell him, hey, by the way, uh, that guy was my ex-boyfriend and I have seven evil ex-boyfriends and you're going to probably have to fight them if you want to date me. This is also a a divergence from the movie, by the way, if you know, you know. Yeah, the the movie had more information at this point, but um, to be fair... it's not just that they specified boyfriends over. I just have no, not boyfriends. I have seven evil exes. To be fair, Ramona does make the clarification six or seven, depending how you want to count them. Like, mm-hmm. so you dated seven evil dudes, not all at once. It's got this. It's got the same energy as my girlfriend sucked 37 dicks in a row. <laughs> Yeah, and this is also when he's just like, so uh, is Gideon one of these evil exes? And Ramona deals with this by not looking him at, at all. She doesn't. She not only doesn't look at him, her head gets a weird halo around it as she completely wide-eyed stares out the window. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Do you just still, still want to date me? Yes. Oh, okay. I don't know how to process this. <laughs> just Stepford smiling at him. Uh and that's volume one. Yeah, which I guess is as good a break as any. <laughs> yep, so we're going to go uh, get a quick break and we will be uh, right back with more Scott Pilgrim. And welcome back to the show, folks, where last we left our um, protagonist, uh, we learned that this is actually a fighting game universe and Scott had managed to uh, defeat the first of the seven evil ex-boyfriends, six, seven, give or take. What better thing to do after such a uh, sea change in the uh, genre of this story than begin with a flashback as we open up volume two? learning about uh uh scott's origin story yeah where uh where i got uh the strongest vibes of is 80 percent of this just in his head and not actually happening (laughs) just because it starts off with uh hey scott's the new kid at a new school uh guys are gonna beat him up and then hard cut to him later at the principal's office having been thoroughly beaten up (laughs) like Mm -hmm. So, which seems so much more realistic. Yeah. And like the other thing is the person he meets at the principal's office is Lisa, a little blonde girl who is mainly just infatuated with the fact that he got into a fight. And she's like, that's super cool. We should be friends. And, and then and I can't help but notice a lot of Lisa's we should be friends tactics seem Strikingly similar to the way that Scott talked to Ramona when he was trying to get to know her. Yeah, it's almost like Mm. Scott has a type and (laughs) generally 
that's the thing. Scott has a type of person he likes and vibes with and type of people who are attracted to those people. And surprisingly, that keeps getting repeated in his friend group. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, Scott Pilgrim does that really well, where it's like, yeah, here's the thing about this group of friends. Um, they're not a sitcom, so everyone isn't organized by, oh, he's the funny guy, he's the sports guy. It's just like, well, no, people generally bond over a shared interest, so, like... <laughs> Everyone kind of is a little bit the same way has, has, has similarities about them. Yeah. But anyway, uh, this girl stalks Scott and goes to his house and then is let into the basement because Scott's parents are cool. Or, no, that's his brother. Yeah. Scott's brother, Scott. Lawrence, who does not appear on panel ever. <laughs> we know he's cool, though, because uh, he lets a girl in to uh, help hook his younger brother up. <laughs> and here here we have uh, uh, yet another girl who's down bad for scott he's gotta be doing something right i mean we it's revealed that he is just considered somewhat attractive because i can't even say it's charisma or really anything else yeah he just he just wants to play sonic 2 in knuckles <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i just love lisa is trying so hard to make this work she's like oh you're playing some video games do you have any lemonade no go away we only have iced tea I'll ask your brother where the glasses are. <laughs> What's his name? Lawrence. Who are you? <laughs> I love the who are you? <laughs> who are you? What are you doing in my house? <laughs> hey, did you read the book for English next period? No, I don't read. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> He's so abrasive. He's so antisocial, like literally. I've heard of playing hard to get, but this is ridiculous. Scott just this is like active repellent. L Lisa literally wears him down until eventually he just kind of goes, "Hey," and she's like, "Hey, do you hate me?" And he doesn't have an answer for that. No, because that would be conflict. <laughs> you can actually <laughs> take a guy into a relationship. <laughs> He doesn't like conflict. He likes hanging out with her. The problem is his family immediately starts making fun of him for having a girlfriend. So then he then translates to that. My family doesn't want me hanging out with girls. That that doesn't sound like a real thing. Are you sure that's what they actually said? Yeah, but uh, talking about it would, again, potentially be conflict. And one thing that I really like is like there's the fantastical element of the physical fight Scott gets in. And he seems totally natural in that. Like, there's no uh, there's no hesitation. There's no concern. This is just a normal thing for him. He can punch you just fine, but he can't have an emotional conflict. If if the idea of that crops up, he suddenly turns into a meek little coward who will run away at the first opportunity. Because hey, emotions are scary, Jacob. Hey, Jacob, you like the juxtaposition of uh, middle school Scott is having an easy relationship with this girl who's very into him, but he's not really ready to go any further with her. And then suddenly out of the blue is surprised by a girl that he's infatuated with after talking to her once. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird how that keeps happening to him. Yeah, he's he he might have a bit of a pattern going on. Oh, curious how that works. Lisa's also the one who gets him to think about starting a band. Because mm -hmm. if you're not in a, you, we can't just be nerds in high school. We need to have something. Being in a band makes us like almost as good as jocks. Better than goths, at least. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally a jock. No, you're not. The hierarchy of, of school class. How dare you? Goths were cool. No, they weren't. 
No, yeah. they weren't. Maybe, maybe the goths thought they were cool, but they were not. <laughs> oh, jealousy. We find out that this is where Scott met Kim. Yeah. And more importantly, Kim plays drums. Kim plays drums, meaning that she can round out the band. Also, I think I like Kim. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she can play drums. No, hold on. What? <laughs> no, what do you mean you like her? Like you like her, like her? You barely even know her. I'm going to ask her to join the band on Monday. And then uh, Monday rolls around and <laughs> everyone in the school has been murdered. <laughs> it's literally the scene of a beat up fighting game because <laughs> a rival uh-huh. school came here and kidnapped Kim. And now she's being held at the top of their palace. And Scott had to beat up a bunch of guys to get to the top of their school to rescue Kim. This is the most shonen anime thing I've seen. In a a hot minute. (laughs) Scott, this sucks. Please help me. Kim has the dialogue of a beat-em-up. Pauline from the original Donkey Kong game? Yeah. Yeah, like that. (laughs) The dude begs for mercy, and Scott kicks him off of the building to die. (laughs) (laughs) Just sends him arcing over the horizon. And then the dialogue between him him and Kim is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is is by far the most, like, you're making this up, aren't you? This didn't happen. This couldn't have possibly happened like this. I didn't know who would rescue me, but I hoped it was you, Scott. I like you, Kim. We should be dating. Do you want to play drums in my band? Yes, as they start making out in the rain. (laughs) Come on, bro. (laughs) Uh, And then we get the montage of them hanging out in high school. Uh, Scott and Kim dating and getting another friend. Mm -hmm. Who I believe goes unnamed. Yeah, she's got orange hair. Mm -hmm. But um, and then it's a whole thing. Also, their band is Sonic and Knuckles, which of course it is. Yep. (laughs) Which uh, I mean, Sex Bomb Mom is at least creative. (laughs) So they play at Lunchapalooza. Uh, Kim's wearing stage makeup because, again, Scott has a type and she's willing to fulfill that fantasy as they have sex in the back of his car to a song they really like. Uh Um, Unfortunately, his family's moving to Toronto. (laughs) Uh huh. Which. That's weird, because that means Kim is now living in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, she um, she moved out there, too, and they reconnected. And there's a uh, there's a gap there in yes, the story. Vicious gap here. It, it I love how casually it gets mentioned that Kim and Scott used to date and they don't really do much into it. And then they just throw this flashback at you. And then Kim basically has a breakdown at one point going like, yeah, I don't normally tell people this, but I I used to date Scott. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's very much blown up in the movie more so, I think. Oh, the, the movie kind the movie mentions it and then they have Kim get real mad at it, but then they don't really do anything other with that. But like, yeah, it I just it's a remember thing. it being more impactful, I guess. I just I don't know. It, because it's the one scene. It's, it's just like, well, don't you have exes? Yeah, me and Kim used to date. What? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it was a real big thing. I beat up a whole bunch of guys and then I kicked some guy so far he saw the curvature of the earth. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? It sounds like you did exactly what you're doing for me with her. Shut up. <laughs> Shut, up. <laughs> Shut up. I'm not repressed. Yeah. And then um, speaking of not being repressed, uh, he's dreaming about playing video games in his childhood basement <laughs> when mm-hmm. Ramona comes in, hangs out with him, uh, then kisses him because, again, she's got to work and it's 1130. You should really be awake now. Get out of bed. 11.30 a.m. is not late. <laughs> he, as he wakes I'm up. I'm feeling attacked. Uh, Jacob. 
Jacob, it's a circadian rhythm, not circadian freeform jazz. <laughs> no. I I love how bought into this whole situation Wallace is because he's just like, yeah, so I tracked down one of Ramona's exes. Uh, it's a movie star, Lucas Lee. I love how uh, Wallace immediately becomes, you know, like the Oracle. <laughs> he, yes, he is an agent of chaos in his own way. Well, Wallace is absorbed with people's drama. Yes. Uh-huh. yes also, confusingly enough, there is Lucas Lee and then Luke Wilson, who was one of the guys at the band. Like, <laughs> they make jokes about that. And Scott will never get the name right, ever. He, uh, he, but, he will never remember which one's which. But more importantly, this is also when Wallace lays down the law. He's just like, hey, Scott, I really disagree with what you're doing here. You're breaking up with knives tonight. Or I'm going to tell Ramona you are currently dating another woman while you're like making out and sleeping over at her pace. So <laughs> um, and then Scott rightfully goes, but that's hard and I don't want to do it. And he's like, well, I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to mock you. And he's just like, Wallace. You are such a man whore. What giant double standards you have. And he's just like, nope, I've got a friend coming overnight that I'm going to bang. So uh, don't come home. You I'm just saying, one of us owns it. So Wallace knows what he is. Like, that's the thing. This entire page of Scott yelling out the bus window, getting further and further away, screaming insults at Wallace's back. So anyway, Knives shows up as Scott tries to call her from a payphone, um, wearing yet another Kim outfit. <laughs> like, yeah. Scott's like, I, I want to give him the cre- uh, the benefit of the doubt and say that he's like trying to create some physical distance in order to make this uh, breakup easier. And then nope. <laughs> Knives starts asking him what he's wearing. and He's like, are you trying to phone sex me? No, seriously, what are you wearing? I'm wearing a jacket and a hoodie and a red hat. Are you psychic? No, I'm standing outside the phone booth. (laughs) But anyway, since. uh, Yeah, no, no. He was trying to create some physical distance to make it easier for himself. uh So anyway, they're in a nice public space. Um, Knives picked up a Clash at Demon Head album, which um, they don't establish why. But Scott is not interacting with that in any way. And I love it because that also kind of puts him into the headspace of like. Okay, Mm. this is the time to break up with Knives. Because also, Knives immediately says, hey, I wanted to invite you over for dinner sometime. And then Scott being Scott's like, like, Chinese food? (laughs) Well, to meet my parents. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then Scott just grabs any straw he can for why this relationship shouldn't work. And some of them are very viable. (laughs) Like, he he tries, I'm too old for you. No, you're not. My dad's nine years older than my mom. Uh, 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 are you, are you allowed to date outside your race? I don't care. I'm in love. I love this page. Whole page. Top panel. Knives. Stars in eyes. Calligraphied. She got it. She got it bad. And then Scott is bombarded with a cloud a pink cloud of love directly to the face and i'm like Scott pilgrim don't call me out like this <laughs> excuse me what an awkward situation to be in oh. and then scott has to just stand there while she's making moon eyes at him and he has to go i think we should break up it's not really working out and i, I love how the paneling for knives immediately 
gets desaturated. <laughs> She's slowly shrinking with each subsequent panel as Scott is just lost <laughs> in darkness. Uh, and he has to get on the bus and he's remembering this because we see the uh, like thought bubbles and like he's thinking about how <laughs> he felt looking at Knives's like dejected face. And mm. then he kind of just looks at his hat. He looks outside, puts on his hat and thinks about Ramona. And it's just like, oh, hold on. No, that actually solved my problem. Like it's <laughs> cathartic. Also, the bus has a great ad for does your sex drive suck? Yeah, I love the ads in this. Wallace was uh, reading a magazine and on the back, it just said people aren't buying enough beer. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he has to tell the band he broke up with knives and it's just like, hey, so I learned how to do the baseline from Final Fantasy 2. <laughs> And the entire band's like, wow, uh, you're garbage. No, it's great because, uh, so where's Nice? Is she not coming? Oh, yeah, we broke up. Don't worry, you'll meet my new girlfriend soon. Anyway, hey, check out this sweet bass line. <laughs> I just gotta, we're, we're just not going to address that, huh, Scott? <laughs> and I love, I love Kim's, uh, Scott, you're the salt of the earth. Oh, what? excuse me. I meant scum of the earth, <laughs> which is a hilarious line. But here's the thing. And this is this is the part where I hope I convey my feelings on this correctly, because the thing is, this is all entirely Scott's fault. I don't want to, like, alleviate any of the um, like blame that he has. This is a this is a hell of his own making. But I couldn't help but notice Scott finally did the thing. He fixed the problem. And he is getting mocked and ridiculed by his friends. Of course he's averse to risk when he does the, you know, like, granted, too late. But when he does the right thing, they still insult him for it. You know, like, they're... But the, that's, it's accurate because, I mean, you're dealing with a whole other person here. It's not like someone's telling him he should have cleaned his room or something. Here's the thing. He's done the bare minimum. He, he's not going to get a parade. Also, it's just be what he's doing. <laughs> like, he's like, don't worry, you'll get to meet my new girlfriend. It's just like, we liked knives is the yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. And that's why that's why I wanted to like, I hope I'm not conveying this incorrectly because it's like it doesn't take away the bad that Scott did. But like the and a big part of it is the way that he phrases it, because like he didn't have to bring up Ramona in the same breath. He didn't have to immediately change the subject. But like there's a level of there is any amount of progress. And I can see from his perspective feeling like he's getting slapped down for it. You know, like I get I get why he's in that headspace. It doesn't make it OK. He's a 23 year old guy. At some point, he doesn't need to be like given a biscuit for doing a good job. Like I think he needs I don't think he needs to be praised for it. I think he just needs to not be insulted. <laughs> Well, he needs to stop doing things would be a great like. Oh, yeah. No, that would help. But yeah. it, it it's it's a it's a balancing act. It's like if he had just, you know, broken up with knives earlier, that would have none of this would have that, happened. That would have stopped this from festering. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of my point where I'm saying, like, he's dealing with a whole ass other human. It's not like he's mm. dealing with inanimate objects or something that, you know, doesn't have minute by minute. Okay different calculus to make if he if he wasn't being so like blase about the breakup about announcing the breakup to the band they might not be so put off by it, it yeah it i i get what you're getting at jake because 
oh his fault like i'm not saying mm-hmm. i'm not it's it's the yeah. degree to which he's he's treated is is sort of the thing i couldn't help but notice the the way that they're interacting i feel like he has cut problems off at the past before and they've still treated him like this so like that's the reason why he's not even really trying it's it's the vibe I get, you know, and and so he lets problems fester because, you know, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to address the problem at all. If he's going to get guff for doing it the right way, then maybe I just won't do it at all. And then we get situations like this where it's really hard to defend him because this is entirely his fault. More importantly, <laughs> more importantly, we learned Ramona that- got a nice haircut. <laughs> Ramona got a nice haircut. And we did learn another redeeming uh character trait of scott he knows how to cook (laughs) also more importantly their kitchen is ridiculous for this single room apartment there yeah it it takes up like it takes up like a third of the entire floor space (laughs) they have more counter space than i do like (laughs) (laughs) it it is uh it's pretty damn impressive yeah yeah their 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 kitchen is uh 30 percent of the space (laughs) also also this is really how Scott pays back Wallace. Um, he cooks for them. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we see Wallace loading up a plate full of food, despite Scott objecting, no, that's for him and Rami. The, the he's, he's going for a pet name and it doesn't work. And I love that. Are you seriously calling her that? Not to her face. <laughs> Good choice, man. Good choice. I, I love how Wallace quickly scarfs down his food and then's like, well, I'm going to leave you guys. Uh, going to grab my coat. And then Ramona's got a haircut and he's just like, yeah, it's got I, I noticed you got a haircut. It's got two colors. And then Ramona's just, like, well, do you like it? And then Wallace, ever being the gay best friend, hops in. is like, it's a very lovely and very hip haircut. And Scott just parrots <laughs> that immediately. And Ramona has the amazing look of Scott's a moron, but still blushing because he said something not like. <laughs> sure, he needed to be teed up, but at least he hit the ball. <laughs> We get the grand tour of the apartment. It's this. All one and a half rooms. You've seen the chair. It's only one room. Oh, no, we've got a bathroom. Okay. <laughs> but yep, they uh they have their dinner date. They don't <laughs> there's not even a table, so they eat it on the rug. Which is insane because Scott made a full pasta bake, a full salad, and an entire loaf of garlic bread with ice water and a pitcher for mm-hmm. two people, which is just insane to me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's nutty. This man can cook. That's how he reels them in, actually. (laughs) Which is weird because garlic bread makes you fat. What? No, it doesn't. (laughs) Bread makes you fat. Butter makes you fat. Bread makes you fat. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, they put on loud music to make out in the shared bed of Wallace and Scott. Okay, look again. Wallace cannot throw stones in this glass house, but you're really having sex in the bed you share with another person you're in a platonic relationship with. Sam, to be fair, I know Wallace does the same thing. I'm saying Wallace has had sex with a guy while Scott is in the bed with them. Yes. You know what? You're right. right. I buy that. But anyway, uh, Ramona makes the mistake of going like, ooh, your hair is getting pretty long. And that causes Scott some PTSD over the fact that (laughs) he blames his previous breakup on a bad haircut. Fire the barber on that one, honestly, (laughs) because his cut is whack. Look at him. (laughs) 
I've been I've been cutting my own hair since then. It does it would it be cute or short? I I don't know. It looks fine long. Ah! He's like collapsed on the bed. Dude, it's okay. You look cute. Uh, we have more uh, weird dreams of Scott's. I think this is Ramona's dream because this is the Actually, death of Scott Pilgrim and Ramona's talking to Gideon. They don't mm, address no, it's him. I, it's Kim. Well, no, Gideon, Gideon says that he killed Scott Pilgrim, but yeah, how I, I think that's Gideon. He doesn't look like I remember him, but I don't. It's been a while since I've read the final volume. It's Scott's three high school female friends at the funeral and then Kim waking up in her apartment. Yeah. And it's Scott saying, do you dream about this often? So I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure whose dream this is. Uh, mm-hmm. That might not be Gideon. I might be misremembering, but it it looks an awful lot like him. But again, this this comic has a lot of people that look identical, <laughs> which isn't even like a stylistic thing. They're just people who look similar. <laughs> like, yeah, like that gets pointed out like that. That's a feature, not a bug. Yeah. So anyway, Kim lives in a terrible place where her three roommates all hate her and uh-huh. just Which is so bizarre. Because they thought like for so does it ever clarify that those were friends? Well, it couldn't be because she just moved. No, I I, th- I think it's literally like it's a it's a she's renting a room out of like a co-op where it's all women because. Yeah, which I know exists. I just yeah. don't know about the term what they're called, I guess. It's, I don't know, shared apartment. Like it's an apartment where they're renting out the room to a girl who's not part of the friend group. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all extremely busy to her. They they cause a huge fit for her waking them up by getting ready in the morning. And we find out her shift started at 1130. So she got up at like 10 at the earliest. <laughs> These girls have their underwear scattered all over the floor of the bathroom. She's basically living with, I don't know. Slobs. Slobs. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. want to gender splayed and then say like only guys. It's just that's just gross. No, I've, women I've, can be really disgusting. I've never <laughs> lived with women who like just dropped like their underwear random places. It's so gross. It's not random places. It's all in the bathroom, which is kind of weird. Uh, yeah, I've never had that happen. I don't know. <laughs> a- anyway, uh, Kim works at the video store, uh, which um for some of our listeners, I'll have to explain to you. A video store was a place where you could rent physical media before streaming services came and oh killed everything. Oh my I feel so old. Yeah. I remember Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, Kim's uh, co-worker slash boss? I'm not 100% sure if the other girl there is the owner. Mm-hmm. But um, they have a whole vibe of like Kim hates everything. And she's just like, were you ever happy? Maybe in high school. Maybe <laughs> I maybe I was a happy kid. And, maybe, which is, maybe I was happy before Scott dumped me. What? <laughs> what a weird thing to say. <laughs> oh, hey, oh. Scott's here. Yeah. So uh, that that subtext doesn't get explored <laughs> just the way everyone in this comic likes it. Yep. But anyway, Scott's renting some Lucas Lee movies so he can do some research. As we find out later, it's because Wallace is telling him to train. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, uh, Scott has uh, almost six hundred dollars worth of fines. And uh, apparently uh, Wallace is no better because they have a collective one thousand dollars worth of fines. Yeah, Wallace isn't a good person. Like, <laughs> yep. 
I, I just really like the notes on Scott's account. It's like, return the land before time uh, for 36 weeks late. He claims that mice hid the video somewhere in his apartment. Also claims he rented it as a joke. Do not let him rent anything. He is Scott. <laughs> she totally wrote that. She wrote that. <laughs> or, wrote that. or her co-worker is the boss who wrote that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. But anyway, yeah. So before time four isn't even one of the good ones. That's why he read it as a joke. He yeah. wasn't joking. And then lost it for 36 weeks because the mice took it. <laughs> Honestly, the so funnier anyway, thing would be if that was actually true. Mm-hmm. Hard to tell in this universe. So, so anyway, can I rent these movies on your account? Uh, and then I guess she lets him do that because he's watching them with Wallace during their little training montage where we find out Lucas Lee is a sellout and that makes him evil. Stay true to you, man. Don't sell out. <laughs> Why was Matthew Patel evil? Um, <laughs> he's, he's just he just he so, just kind of he just kind of had vague incel energy. Ramona uh, says yeah. he became evil in col- in high school. So yeah. For undisclosed reasons. Okay, so vegan cell energy. Got it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, we get well, another. We get another thing where they go to band practice and then they reference the clash at Demon Head. That's about the only reason that shows up. And uh, we get a great scene where Scott wrote um, Ramona a song that is literally just repeating her name seven times. And then he's just like, and then there's going to be like a breakdown. It's going to be like something else. And then it's going to be like Ramona a few more times. Kind of epic. And she's like, can't wait to hear it. <laughs> he's 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 such a freaking dork. <laughs> Meanwhile, Wallace is uh, running defense because uh, Knives calls and goes, yeah, we were supposed to hang out today. And he's just like, just internally. Well, he went on a date with Ramona today, so that seems very unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so are you like at home or are you like sitting around at the bus stop or something? No, I'm closer to your play open store. She's right there. Yes. <laughs> you have to go. <laughs> you have to go. <laughs> I can only presume he then slammed the door in her face. That's like, the only acceptable response. <laughs> go home. Ramona and Scott are coming back from their date. They've been talking about Lucas Lee because that's like what Scott's been training to fight. And he's just like, well, yeah, you exes whatever that's kind of weird i don't even remember my girlfriend from high school oh girlfriends i'm sorry what do you mean you don't remember we're gonna unpack that later (laughs) and by unpack that later i mean we're going to vague talk around it (laughs) scott and ramona end up watching a few of the lucas lee movies and uh we have more of her blue screening when uh, gideon gets brought up i'm sure that's not a problem i was about to say gideon's not brought up it's because um her ex-boyfriend is hotter than when she dated him (laughs) (laughs) like he's on she suddenly comes to full intention when he's on screen and she's like wait hold on what he's hot and then scott's just like yeah he's really hot isn't he he's just like uh i i guess maybe he's kind of hot and he's just like no he's definitely hot and he's like look when he was high school he's a whiny little geek look maybe he'll get it on with this chick and we can see his butt and like ramona is just thirsting real hard right now uh-huh. <laughs> she, she let it go she let it go and it's here where we get the uh, the immortal line of when scott's insisting that lucas lee is in fact hot it's like hey keep convincing me you're not gay you're doing great <laughs> i have literally slept with you hey 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 you're cool ramona i like you okay let's turn the movie off and make out <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll prove to you I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> Come over here and <laughs> be yourself. I'm not actually sure if they've had sex yet. I'm going to be completely honest. Oh, yeah, no, that that's being I feel like that's being kept very intentionally vague. Did you guys like how the ninja he's fighting in the that Lucas Lee is fighting in the movie is literally just looks knives? like, yeah, looks like what knives dresses herself up as. <laughs> oh. Anyway, uh, we get a little scene uh, the next morning where Scott's interrupted by his parents calling and saying, hey, I heard you had a new cute girlfriend from Stacy. And he's just like, yeah, she's cute. It's just has Ramona blushing in her sleep. But she's totally not in. And I love that. Uh, and then it's like, hey, does um, your roommate have a girlfriend yet? No, that's probably not going to happen. Do you have a job yet? We're not going to talk anymore. Can we just focus on my cute girlfriend? <laughs> 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 I also appreciate how Ramona's t-shirt in this is just 69, 69, 69. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so Scott has no idea what Italy is like and blah, blah, blah. It looks like we're getting back to the sort of slice of life aspect of it. You know, Ramona's coming to band practice now. Uh, they're having dinner there. There's a whole cooking segment. They have vegan shepherd's pot pie. Not because any of them are vegan, but they like being inclusive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this this will be plot relevant later yes and also there's just a montage of a very thorough recipe that i've assuredly creates some pretty delicious vegan shepherd's pie so but only half as delicious as what happens at the very end as everyone is happily eating shepherd's pie together as we see outside the kitchen window is knives desperately looking in going why can't i be part of that happy family <laughs> knives showing up like like the jump scare in a horror game oh. <laughs> up there like slender man and that yeah, prompt, in. that prompts knives villain arc as she calls tamara and says i need my friend to come over and be a shoulder to cry on i'm at the drugstore buying hair dye i just love how this is just like i'm spiraling 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 i need my friend to support me what are you doing? <laughs> I need you to listen to me as I call this chick white and fat as if both of those are insults. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Tamara is like totally based. I love her. <laughs> Tamara's just going like, yeah, I'm your friend. I'm supporting you. Uh, I thought you said she was lame, but now she's cool. Also, it's kind of weird how quickly all this happened. Do you think Scott was like two timing you? And she's like, no, Scott's a sweet guy. He'd never do this. It was probably her like demon influences. <laughs> 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 also, my head's burning. Did I put too much dye in? Oh, God, this hurts so much. Ow. <laughs> I look so cool. <laughs> she's now put a red streak in her hair. <laughs> she She's very rapidly going down this villain arc. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, Scott is now at Ramona's apartment um, because they have now spent three solid days together, just timeline wise. So mm -hmm. I say they're pretty serious. I, I would I say, mean. too, especially yeah. because Ramona is saying we're not going back to your place. And he's just like, well, give me a list. And he's just like, I can. Uh, and the main thing is not girl friendly. <laughs> <laughs> you live in a hole in the ground, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean sam you know what this means why am i being singled out <laughs> <laughs> yes dodged the bullet on that one <laughs> jacob <laughs> oh but yeah anyway the whole thing uh eventually comes down to them chilling on her 
bed talking about, oh, yeah, why'd you and Lucas Lee break up? And she's like, definitely because I didn't cheat on him with some pretty Cockney boys. What a weird thing to say. Yeah, what a weirdly specific thing to bring up uh, unprompted. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go uh, to the I'm going to go to a photo shoot that or to uh, do a movie shoot that he is at so that I can do the fight. And then Scott immediately like loses any sense of why they're there when he's like, he's, hey, he just gets starstruck. Hey, can I have a autograph? And he's just gets punched into <laughs> into the nearby historic building and that was apparently too much because scott blacks out <laughs> and they're like okay yeah hold on let's go hit up craft services and talk about the movie for a bit <laughs> yep i brought some i brought some bottled water and some baby carrots and ritz crackers that sounds great <laughs> and they they just end up talking <laughs> And what's up with uh, what's up with you and Ramona? It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm still a little ticked off that she left me for some pretty Cockney boy that swaggered by. Wait, hold on. She did tell me about that. She said that didn't happen. Yeah, well, she lied. She cheated on me and then dated that ass for the rest of high school. Oh, that's weird. And then Kim's <laughs> just on the sideline being her villain arc. Oh, who does that remind you of, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> and Wallace, you know, maybe Scott and Ramona are made for each other. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and i love lucas lee is just like yeah so actually i'm winning an oscar this year and like the other guys in the league of evil extras didn't even want me to join up but like i figured like it'd be cool and i'd be the coolest and toughest of them and then scott's like wait what did did patel not tell you anything about this i didn't read any of his letters he's like okay so we've got like a whole organization that gideon's kind of in control of we're the league of evil exes and we're all about like stopping ramona from having new boyfriends i guess that's how we're coordinating to come after you like this. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't you ever wonder how we were coordinating to come after you like this? No. Look, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, this is kind of beneath me. I am a famous movie star. How about you just give me all your money and I'll go tell Gideon I beat you up. And then Scott's just like, what a sellout. <laughs> and then, oh, it's a whole <laughs> thing about how he gets in sense. He's like, okay, now I'm just going to murder you. And he says like, well, hold on. Didn't you used to be a skater? Hmm? I bet you couldn't I'm grind that death grail. <laughs> I bet you couldn't grind those 200 stairs. Why would I do that? That'd be incredibly dangerous. It's, it's like impossible. Impossible, huh? Hard cut to him. <laughs> Sounds like something a would say. Oh. <laughs> Oh, no, it's it's better than it hard cuts to it. Yeah. yeah. And then he's grinding down the rail and then it is too fast. And the second he lands it, he dies instantly upon hitting the pavement. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Scott has now murdered a uh, a famous movie actor and got 14, 14 bucks in coins. And more importantly, he got a rare item drop, which is a mithril skateboard. But unfortunately, he did not take that skateboard proficiency back in fifth grade. So it despawns. <laughs> this is the worst fight ever. Suck it up. You won. I didn't even fight him. You won by default. That's the best kind. And because we need another uh, rad action scene. Um, we have uh, Ramona and Stacy are hanging out at a uh, at the library. And uh, this is when Knives decides to go on the attack. Uh, she traded out her red scarf uh, for a uh, <laughs> blue and yellow striped one, I guess, because she wanted to. Uh, evoke more kill bill aesthetic by getting a certain uh, color scheme i also love how scott's playing video games this entire time and it's just like oh no my sister and my girlfriend are hanging out this is really bad i should do something about this 
but video games. <laughs> anyway, unpause. <laughs> this is really bad. I should do something about this. I don't know how to get into contact with them. You know, they're at the reference library. Do you think I know where that is? Does your sister have a cell phone? Do you know my sister's cell phone number? No. Uh, <laughs> no. So much for that plan. <laughs> yeah, so this is also a timestamp just because there was a time before everyone had a cell phone. Mm -hmm. To be fair, a lot of people have cell phones. Scott's just poor. Yes. Scott's very poor, yeah. But anyway, Ramona and Stacy are at the library because um, they're hanging out now. And then Knives attacks with two daggers and a long villain scarf. Great. I love this fight. Ramona rips a piece of art off like a statue to be like a metal pipe and is defending against her. And it's just a whole big action set piece battle. Yep. <laughs> Knives continuing to call Ramona fat. Mm -hmm. Knives also realizing that Ramona was the girl at the library where Scott started feeling distant from her and goes, he was cheating on me. <laughs> she, she's spiraling down this uh, villain path really fast. I also love the evil like smirk that uh, on Ramona's face that Knives pretends she remembers <laughs> from the encounter at the library. <laughs> oh. oh, but yeah, there's a whole fight scene. And then knives is like super gung ho about the fact she cut Ramona's face. It's just like, mm -hmm. see, now you're not going to be as pretty. And if you ever, if Scott ever needs to realize there's someone younger and prettier and thinner than you, you'll know exactly where I am. Meanwhile, Stacy's desperately trying to call Scott, but the line is busy. And that's because Scott is trying to get Wallace to tell him the cheat codes to Sonic 3. And, and, and Wallace, Wallace is saying, I have no idea. I've never played that game before. I, I love that Wallace is at his job playing solitaire. So it's not like he's doing anything. He's on the phone and Scott's just like, no, hold on, stay on the line. Maybe you'll think about it. <laughs> and this is why he doesn't get the phone call from his sister that his ex and his current girlfriend are fighting in the library stacy desperately trying to tell him scott the girls are fighting <laughs> he's not paying a shred of attention in his own little world <laughs> <laughs> i love oh. i love stacy vaguely lying and also not really understanding her brother's situation when ramona's just like who was that she's like yeah i think she might have briefly dated before scott met you uh maybe <laughs> I, I don't really know entirely uh but uh we think we get a call from stacy eventually <laughs> getting a hold of scott but turns out um lots of people have been trying to get a hold of scott Mm -hmm. As uh, we get revealed, um, Scott's old girlfriend from a year ago, Envy, calls him. And just the paneling of this conveys how much Scott loves avoiding conflict. Scott desperately wants this phone call to not be happening. Uh-huh. They're like the other cases. He has shrunken away from conflict. There's like genuine terror. Mm -hmm. Like it becomes a horror comic. Well, mm -hmm. And it's also like envy's pro poking and prodding him too because he's just like hey how have you been not great you should know why uh mm -hmm. i didn't take the breakup very well you know this oh but i heard you were dating someone else i was just like could you stop could you please stop <laughs> yeah i i really love the paneling here because it's like for all intents and purposes it's uh the whole page is just a full body scott uh picture of scott 
but it's segmented into the different panels with the like back and forth of the dialogue. So it really zooms you in on each little moment of the dialogue and makes you pause. And it really conveys the feeling of how this very brief conversation feels like it's dragging out forever for Scott as he just desperately does not want this to be happening right now. I love how it characterizes Envy, too, because we've not even met her, but she is the kind of person who would call up her ex-boyfriend that she left for another guy and knew took the breakup very bad to go, I heard you're dating someone else. Mm -hmm. I'm jealous. I'm allowed to be jealous. No, you're fucking not. <laughs> no, you're not, you bitch. You've, you've never even seen my new boyfriend. Maybe you'll see him soon. I, I'm not saying I started getting flashbacks, but I might have gotten a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> this comic is calling out each of us separately. What the hell? <laughs> Well, that's sort of the nature of Scott Pilgrim, isn't it? It's so real. You're going to find somebody you identify with, or at the very least, a, a situation or an emotion you identify with, because it's all so real. This is what I mentioned before, the idea that the fantasy elements, like they sort of highlight and magnify these normal elements. They're sequestered from each other in such a weird way that it like draws you in it makes the real moments so much more real when you know that Scott can air juggle people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the main point of this conversation, other than Envy being a bitch, is, um, hey, uh, there's some weird band drama, and looks like uh, we've got a space for Sex bob to play before us in a show. So, um, uh, nice chatting with you. Uh, do it. And there's a great scene of Wallace coming back home from work to Scott just passed out on the ground and Scott's barely able to talk. And Wallace is like, hold on, buddy. Come on. What's going on? It's just like and eventually he gets him out of him after doing like a bunch of joke answers of just like, and oh, God, envy called. Shit. And it's just Wallace knows because next we see is Scott wrapped up in a blanket with like Coco and Wallace, like going to town cooking for them. Like he knows this was not good for his buddy. Like, yep. And then there's a whole thing where Stacy's talks to Scott and it was just like, hey, no, I hung out with um, Ramona and Knives got involved in a whole thing. Wait, girls fought over me and I missed it. You're really Damn taking it. the wrong thing away from this. Here, Scott. <laughs> 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 it's okay he karmically spills hot chocolate on himself <laughs> he deserves that yeah and then there's a whole thing about how sex bob mom steven stills is just like we have to do this show this would be such a good opportunity for us scott going like i really don't want to deal with envy and then kim being great she's just like oh so scott's ex-girlfriend she's really pretty and that's all fucking kim says <laughs> And I'm like, so mm -hmm. Kim's not gotten over the breakup. <laughs> yeah, no, Kim's very much not over it. And I love I love how little they have to do to sell you on that. I, well, I, yeah, I mean, when I made like the fact that it felt more impactful because the fact that Kim was also kind of still bristling about that. See, this this Kim, I vibe with that. She's still in love with Scott, but knows he's kind of like it's. It's a whole thing because there was an entire year Scott wasn't in a relationship and dealing with his breakup. And Kim's like, I'll give him space. And then in that space, he saw Ramona and more importantly, knives. <laughs> it's just a whole thing. The uh, the sort of vibe from me is like from Kim's perspective, it's a he has other options besides me. 
Mm-hmm. He's never going to pick me like if it doesn't work out with Ramona, there's somebody else who's better looking than me. Why? Why would he, you know, and oh, it's honestly really heartbreaking. Like Ramona's yeah. not even like a like Kim gets along fine with Ramona. I think it's mainly the fact Scott dated a pop star that really gets to her like and uh-huh. so pretty like that's that is Ramona is at least in our circle. Envy is beyond our existence. Like, how am I ever going to compete with that? Yeah. But uh, so they're going to the show. Ramona's being a good girlfriend and like hanging out with Scott. Scott is wearing the shirt Wallace wore to work, which I thought was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, because we can't go uh, five minutes without intense drama, Knives is here and just clinging to young Neil. <laughs> yep. <laughs> did she seduce neil very aggressively seduce neil yes steven stills is so he's so aghast this is so unexpected look young young neil's doing what young things have worked out for young neil the age gap is less creepy there's a lot of things going right with what you happen in He's a rebound, but young Neil's not done anything wrong. Yeah. So you dated her briefly, very briefly. Kim is just lapping this up, going like, wow, she got over you real quick, Scott. <laughs> funny, ain't it? Because Scott also was just like, wow, Kim's wearing heels. Nice. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> gonna gonna stop doing things to attract you. There was also a scene before they got to the party where Having only read our reading section of this story thus far, uh, I'm not sure what that scene is trying to convey, but it's very strange. Oh, Scott's only job being at the burrito place or the fact he doesn't remember his final year of college. (laughs) He doesn't remember if he graduated. Yeah, I start getting really concerned as if there's been like a medical incident involved. Like I know, I know, (laughs) I know one of the symptoms of of depression is memory loss, but are you telling me you entered such a ridiculously deep fugue state that an entire year of your life, including several major life milestones are just a blank to you. And like, you can't do presumably these are things with records can't you call up the college that you went to and check with the bursar's office or something if you like were ever there he's, he's not gonna call anyone exactly that's that would require putting an effort mm-hmm. uh, i like how scott's walking around the bar by the way and we get introduced to a bunch of characters that it's fine if you don't remember the names of we also get uh-huh. really we introduced to monique another girl with a short ponytail and glasses <laughs> and she's also a brunette so uh good luck yeah so <laughs> there there is a lot of people in scott's life uh but they have the great line where they're like um hey uh, you two an item now and then ramona's just like i don't know are we an item and scott has no idea what she's talking about and starts thinking of super mario power-ups <laughs> <laughs> uh my favorite pe- uh page in this particular segment is uh knives uh talking with steven stills and looking very very smug she's like oh yeah i can't wait to to see uh clash of demon head playing are you a big fan i guess they're okay oh isn't it the isn't she so cool i haven't seen her in a while wait what do you mean you say that like you know her well yeah i know her she dated scott for a bit (laughs) 
<laughs> and just no. <laughs> the, the fucking look on Knives' face, <laughs> the shattering of her reality <laughs> before her very eyes. Uh, so there's a lot more uh, waiting around for uh, the big reveal, and we are given it as uh, Clash of Demon Head comes on stage. The cliffhanger that we leave on at the end of Volume Two is that uh, this uh, band has. Two evil exes in it. We've got uh, Scott's evil ex, Envy, and the third of Ramona's evil exes, Todd. <laughs> and we, we don't get it in our reading, but I remember him very distinctly from the movie. His superpower is that he's a vegan, and it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that is uh, Scott Pilgrim. So, um, it kind of became a shonen, so favorite character and favorite fight, I guess. <laughs> Oh, man, it's hard to say. I find all the characters are crummy people to a greater or lesser extent, but that is just entertaining, you know, reading. So it's a little hard to say, but I think Wallace uh, tops the phrasing. Wallace beats them up phrasing. Wallace is the best character. <laughs> Wallace, pin, Wallace pins down the other characters and dominates them. Yes, yes, he does. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love him. He he is such a catty bitch. He is basically just like Scott, except more well adjusted for what whatever that's worth. <laughs> and he's Scott, but an adult. And I love him being drunk and a hater <laughs> in the in the battle of the bands in volume one. I, my favorite bit. <laughs> oh, and uh, favorite fight: uh, Ramona versus Knives. That was. Uh, that was fun. That ha mm -hmm. that uh, felt more like a um, instead of just like the beat 'em up video game stuff that all all of Scott's fight fights were. That had its own distinct uh, energy to it. Like it was still crazy supernatural bullshit. Like Knives is like a whoosh character or something. How did she jump that high? But uh, well, easy. She started from the top floor. How did she survive jumping that high? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it it felt very unique for the fights that we had seen and had uh, some great, more great cattiness to it. It was both a uh, literal and figurative cat fight. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matt, how about you? Oh, man. Uh, oh, no, it's hard to pick. I love all these characters. I, I really love Scott Pilgrim. So um, mm -hmm. I got to say Scott's an easy pick, but I don't think I'll go with him because most of in our reading, at least so far, I love Ramona because she kind of just plays off how she got being with kind of like casual reveals of how she's kind of shitty too. And they just have such great chemistry. Like you just like, yeah, no, I'm glad they're happy together. I feel bad for knives, but like, <laughs> I don't know what to do at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like favorite fight. I got to go with the Matthew Patel fight only because they have a fucking dance battle. And <laughs> up until then, you had no idea the universe was like this. And then someone just casually drops. Yeah, no, Scott's the greatest fighter in Ontario. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> means he's the greatest fighter in Ontario. Why was that not brought up earlier? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't relevant until this point. That's just normal. That's just a thing. Surprisingly, being really good at fighting doesn't lead to success in life. Yeah, I'm like, why doesn't he have a job then? 
I guess oh. pet fighting isn't a big thing in Canada. Uh, <laughs> Jay, how about you? You took mine, Sam. Wallace is just the greatest character ever. I loved him in the movie, and it was just great to really see more, just more Wallace and his catty cheetahs. I, I honestly think they kind of downplayed him a lot in the, the comic. And I love how he, as you said, kind of became like an oracle or someone keeping pace of the of the storyline there, but also somehow still being just as terrible in some instances. As for favorite fight, um, I think I approached this question, I think more situationally, but um, I kind of have to say that Ramona and uh, Knives fight, I have to say, also was one of my favorites. Uh, I feel like I'm just experiencing nostalgia here, but I think that they captured definitely the essence of um, how it was portrayed in the comic as well. So I have to say this is that's my favorite. And Jacob. Sort of like two elements of favorite characters, like what is the most interesting character and who's who's the character I like the most? Um, cause Jacob, I swear to God, if you say Lisa because she's the blonde. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I think that the best written character is a toss up between Scott and Ramona. And the, I kind of rate them together because they're they're very similar as people in a lot of ways. Um, but honestly, the character I like the most, Kim deserves better friends. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like she, I I can't I can't recall anything particularly bad that she's done. So uh, the thing about Kim is, you saw how she interacted on her own with her boss. I think Kim's kind of bought into the narrative. This is who she is. Yeah, and I feel bad about that for her. You know, I don't know. And, and like you know, I say she needs better friends. Like she has people in her life. It's not like you know. I don't know. I, I feel like she deserved more than what she got. I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel bad for her. Yeah, Scott moves on when he breaks up with people like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly Kim didn't. Uh, Ramona first knives. Come on. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's more choreographed than the other fights, which is just my preference when it comes to fight scenes. And uh, also it's hilarious in its own right for all of the incredibly stupid nonsense going on i love the civilians including stacy being like ramona what the fuck are you doing right now you can't just rip a piece of the artwork off the wall <laughs> that's what they do in beat em up games <laughs> And would you continue reading? Uh, I definitely would. This reminded me of all the things that I loved about the movie. And I am curious to see the uh, how my vague memories from back then will <laughs> correlate with the uh, original source material. It, it has a completely different ending, if that gives you any. Ooh, well, now I'm very curious because I remember the ending of the movie being uh, being pretty cool. All right. And uh Reverse order. Jacob, would you continue reading? So this is something I've always wanted to get around to, and it's definitely sucked me in, that's for sure. The only thing that kind of gives me a little bit of pause is that, especially because of how real it is at times, it does a lot of very slow burn. Uh, so I have a bad feeling it's probably going to be on the very long list of things where it's like, yeah, I'll continue reading. I read about half of one chapter and didn't touch it again until we do another episode on it. Um, I hope I don't do that because I like it. Um, but, um, 
I, I definitely want to continue reading. Well, here's the thing, Jacob. Now that um, because we're recording this in real time and never do anything ahead, you can just go watch the animated series on Netflix. That is true. In fact, if we've done our math correctly, you can do so right now, especially Whoa. if you're driving a car. <laughs> that is a great time to be invested in an animated feature. You're listening to this on a phone. You can just open Netflix on this. Prop it up in your steering wheel. Cops can't see. <laughs> oh, we really have immersed ourselves into the world and characters of Scott Pilgrim, haven't we? Indeed, we have. Uh, Jay, would you continue reading? <laughs> so um, I had to be honest about this. The, while I enjoyed both volumes that we read here, the entire, specifically the first volume, I was solidly 100% in mind space of I prefer to not read that part. I'd prefer to probably watch it because it felt like it was at times dragging. Um, I obviously was more convinced otherwise as there was more plot revealed in the comic than um, in the, the filmed version. But... Um, that's all to say, I I think it's because I watched, I was exposed to Scott Pilgrim in the way I was, and I've watched the movie so many times that there is a lot of me that was kind of like, why am I reading this? This feels so slow. I feel like, I don't know. Um, I, I didn't feel like it maintained, I guess, I guess the energy of the movie throughout. Um there's also the fact that knowing me, this is just a me thing. Um, Scott Pilgrim is not an art style that I particularly gravitate towards. Um, I don't, as you probably guessed, even read a lot of Western comics. So it's just, it's a style thing that I just, sure there are certain storylines that are nostalgic or that I know and that I, I like, but when it comes down to it, it Honestly, just given how it is stylized, I don't see myself, you know, reaching for it, you know. All right. And Matt, you said you've already finished it, but would you be down to uh, do a reread after this? Oh, 100 percent. This is actually the first time I read the color editions. Those came out uh, after. Mm. So yeah, the color um, editions look great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're uh, they're really good. So I will definitely try and complete my collection of them because I think I picked up the first couple when they came out initially and then kind of sit on the back burner of buying physical editions of things. Uh, and I also really excited to check out the Netflix series because One Piece surprisingly didn't like just ruin all my hopes and dreams. So maybe they can double up. <laughs> they can actually be good twice in a row. All right. And thank you, everybody, once again, for tuning into the OverMangaCast. As always, you can find us on all of your social medias where we are at OverMangaCast. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube where we can like, comment and subscribe. Uh, the episodes go up there on a two week delay. So if you want to catch up with all of our up to date stuff, uh, you can head over to OverMangaCast.com and you can even uh, comment on individual episodes there. Uh, give us some suggestions. We love hearing from you. Yeah, and you know what? Go ahead, reach out, comment on episodes on YouTube if you want. Really good way to get in contact with us or email us over mangacast at gmail.com or the website has a comment feature if you're listening to it there. All great ways to get in contact with us, but uh, always and foremost, we appreciate reviews on Apple Podcasts. Those are great. Um, 
you know, great constructive feedback or just telling us you think we're awesome because that's what we are. And make sure to tune in next week where after this uh, brief, brief stint of relief, we're getting back into no read November. We have to please stop. Yes, guys, we have to go watch Ghost in the Shell 2017. <laughs> no, the discourse, please. But that was problematic, I heard. Oh. Well, we'll find out next Thursday. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. And please don't make me go back. Can't we just live in the land where adaptations are like faithful and really good? I'm afraid not, Matt. That is a fantasy land. We should just not confront confront that reality. <laughs> You're saying we should break up with our fake live action anime podcast <laughs> format? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>